here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. New at VoicesOfWrestling.com this week. Sami Zayn is coming to Evolve this weekend, and Gabe Sapolsky stopped by Shake Them Ropes to talk about what that means for the WWE and WWN Live relationship. Rich Kreich looks at whether Seth Rollins' title reign may be the worst in WWE history, plus all of your TV reviews from the week in pro wrestling. You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network on iTunes by visiting voicesofwrestling.com slash iTunes. We're available on Stitcher, Downcast, TuneIn, YouTube, and more also. Get your holiday shopping done early on Amazon and WWE Shop via the Voices of Wrestling affiliate links. By using our affiliates, you help support VoicesOfWrestling.com through your normal shopping at no extra cost to you. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon, make a purchase like normal, and that's it. You've helped grow the website. WWE Shop has great new gift ideas, including, yes, a Kevin Owens gym bag, plus for a limited time, buy two t-shirts and get 30% off your order. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Do I have everybody's attention now? I'm so jacked up just thinking about this match and I'm standing and pacing in my bed. So in go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Bernalis. You're missing a B there, but that's There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! Many, 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 makey, 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 pishy, pishy! Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. 
and Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. With Rich Cranch, I am internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist Joe Lanza. Voices of Wrestling back after a one-week hiatus. Rich, we missed a lot of big things that needed to be talked about last week. Yeah, last week was a bad one to miss, but it, it just it wasn't going to work. So, so, here, so here's how we're going to handle this. We're going to blow all of those things off and uh, <laughs> move on to this week. That's not true. We are going to go back and talk about a couple of the things that we would have talked about last week. Uh, we, we have to talk about the NXT TakeOver show a little bit. Sure. But we're going to approach it in a slightly different manner instead of going down the card since people have been doing that for two weeks now. Um, I think we're going to approach it from a completely different angle and then work in some of our thoughts about the card. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, pretty much the idea that we have, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Which we I mean, yeah, there's no point in the idea, we didn't have, the idea we didn't, that we didn't we, talk about it all before. Right. We, but no, you're right. All right. We're on the same wavelength here. You know, you don't do a podcast for three years without at least, you know. Some sort of wavelength stuff, but no, I think we're I think we're good yeah. on that. Yeah, and then there's like it was a bad weekend to miss or a bad week to miss rather. But yeah, we're, we're, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on some other stuff. Luckily, King of Four Wrestling, we can talk about you know at pretty big detail. Uh, we're going to talk about an older Noah show uh, that that actually just it dropped a few weeks ago, but now it, it's about a month out at this point. But it's it's something we have to talk about, and I guess it'll jump off to Pro Wrestling Noah in general, which we've been kind of meaning to talk about for a while. So some of the stuff might not be as current, but we're going to try to make it still as engaging as we always do. You, you know, it, it sucks that, yeah, we're not, we missed that week and we always, we always feel like we're so far behind when we miss a week, which remember when we used to just miss like months at a time and didn't care. Well, we were on a, every three week schedule, I think in the early yeah. days. And then it was like every two weeks or something like that. And then we had a run probably where we went about a year or a year and a half where about it was just that, yeah. every week. And then, um, you know, now just, you know, you know, life happens. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, did you just send me that text message or is this old? <laughs> I don't think I sent you any text message right I now. I just got a text message from you. Uh, what does it say? It like literally just popped up. It says, <laughs> uh, windows update. Give me a minute. Okay. Yeah. That was sent by me at seven thirty three, And right now it is seven forty five that we were texting. So yeah, I, I, uh, I got your, uh, text oh, message well, 12. So that's why you don't respond because I, I said it so late. I try to tell you these things. I just, this <laughs> phone, I'm gonna t- what is it? You and technology. I'm going to t- well, tell, tell you what's up with the phone. I'm going to tell you what's up with the phone right now. Okay. Okay. Phone, th- these upgrades, these every two year upgrade things with the cell phones, they're a fucking scam, and I don't play that. Well, what do you have right now? What 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 phone do you have? I, I am a Verizon customer. That is okay. my uh, and I I am an Android user, <laughs> and these phone upgrades, this every two year thing, it's a scam. I refuse to participate, and I will not go in. I, they tell me I'm due for an upgrade, uh, for you know for for probably a year or so. I've probably had this phone for three years now. Okay, all they want to do is get me in there and get me to spend three hundred dollars on another phone. These <laughs> these phones, I firmly believe that these phones are designed to work for exactly two years and then start the fuck up. And you start to get your text messages 12 minutes late. Uh, you start to run out of your the, the virtual memory, which is the message I keep having pop up on my phone lately. You're running out of virtual memory. Now, see, here's the thing. They know I've had the phone for – they want me to go buy another phone. <laughs> so now they're telling me I'm running out of quote-unquote virtual memory. A lot of it too is uh, when they'll do like you know the iOS updates. At, like Apple will do these big, big updates and they add all these new features or whatever. And essentially at a point, you, your old phone just won't – I mean I have like an iPhone 5 
and I just got the new iOS. I, f- I forgot what the hell number it is or whatever. All of a sudden, every app has been moving so slow. It's like molasses to do anything that I try to do. It's because I got the new iOS and it's too intensive and my thing's not. Re- and I'm sure I, I, I don't have Android, so I, I don't know for sure. But I'm sure it's the same thing where you, there's these new updates that you're putting in there. And then at some point, your phone just doesn't have the 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 hardware to, to withstand all those updates and these flashy things that are going on in the screen or whatever. And they also do that for a purpose of they don't want you to just have the same phone for five years. Exactly at the two-year mark and stop working for uh, whether whether it's my conspiracy theories or the technical reasons that you just laid out, which are probably more uh, accurate. But Yeah, but I don't have tinfoil on my head, so that's fine. Regardless of why, all I know is – All right, Jesse Ventura. All I know <laughs> is every time I try to open an app, I'm just trying to do some innocent Tinder swiping, and I get the old – the Tinder app is not responding uh, do you want to wait or would you like to close it? You know why? Because I've had the phone for three years. Nothing's going to work now because I want me to go in there and spend $300 on another phone. Yep. And, that's okay. the way, and they tell you, oh, you have an upgrade. You're eligible for a free phone is what they tell you. Yeah, they get just uh, this pile of shit that's tied together with tape. Here you go. Then you, <laughs> then you get in the store yeah. and the free phone is like a flip phone from 2003. Right, yeah. Okay? Right. So it, it's all a scam. So I refuse – so I've decided – I refuse to participate in this cell phone scam anymore, <laughs> and I'm going to use this phone until it, you go off the until grid? it oh, literally okay. will not function anymore. That's when I will go in. We're pretty close to that point, We're Joe. We're close to but... that. Listen, I'm getting my text messages 12 minutes late, right? <laughs> but I can deal with that. I'm going to use this thing until it will not turn on anymore, until and it will not make phone call, until it completely breaks. It, 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 that's because I, I refuse to feed in. To this hustle, just like I will never purchase gelato. I won't do it. I will not feed into that hustle either. These things are scams. All right, anything else that you want to rant about? Well, no, I mean, if, if vaccines, is there any sort of anti vax thing you got going to, or no, you good? Why would I be anti vaccine? Oh, I don't know. That's I don't just know. I'm just... People who are anti vaccine are, are mental cases. But, you know, it, there's. What about your boy Ben Carson? He thinks the, uh, is... the Jew should have had guns. Hey, hey, hold on a second. Why is Ben Carson my boy? What <laughs> have I not, ever I know. indicated? Just, I know. That ben Carson. First of all. You mostly just laugh. You mostly just laugh at everything. He, you mostly just don't understand how anybody could possibly, like, support or vote for I him. I have slandered Ben Carson on. You have, yeah. Twitter feed. So I, you know, I am not, Ben Carson is not my boy. None of, <laughs> none of these guys are my boy. I think they're all out of their fucking minds. You've also labeled Trump my boy at one point, which I've never made Trump my boy. Uh, Hold on a second. You're just not saying that now. Uh, oh, wait. We, we debated who was more famous between Donald Trump and John Stewart. I don't know how that turned into Joe Lanza supports Donald Trump for president. I, I don't know. Oh, you know you do. I don't, you I don't know, know how that got. I support no one for president. I support the – first of all, I live in Texas, and the, whoever the Republican candidate is – Yeah, you don't really need to vote. <laughs> <Yeah, it's okay. laughs> Number two, I – You could probably just <laughs> – I haven't voted in, in the last – I just – they're, they're all – why vote for any of these people? Seriously, why vote for any of these people? I'm with you. Do you watch these debates? I mean, you know, they just let's not do it. This is much more fit. And I tell you, you know, we might as well give a Lance unfiltered update really quickly. Um, yeah, it, damn things. It's been fucking hinting at it for four months now. It's, What's it's going coming on? together. I've got all the guests lined up. Uh, there will be a political. I have a, a secret political guest who's coming on to discuss all these things. Ben Carson. So uh, listen, it could be Ben Carson. You never know. Ooh, nice. uh, you never know. I, I my connections run deep, Rich. So uh, we, there will be a political segment. We will break down pre- the presidential election on Lanza Unfiltered. And uh, Lanza Unfiltered is looking good. I, I, I figure that I should have something up. Uh, I'm going to set a deadline right now because that will motivate me too. 
Yeah, let's do that. You're familiar with the issues I'm having, but no one needs to hear about any of that. No, no, no. Um, uh, I will say it's more Joe Lanza and technology having their their year long feud or their. <laughs> it's been three months. It's gotten real hot. This feud between you and technology. I, so I, that's, that's fair. That's fair. The ter- the territory is is doing well. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's no doubt about it. I will say before the end of November, there will be an uh, episode one of Lanza Unleashed will be released okay. uh, unfiltered. 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 Oh, there you go. Uh, I, I I wanted to say Lanza Unfiltered will be unleashed. The big dog. The big dog will be unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Joe the big dog Lanza will be on. So that's looking good. On the yeah. on the flip side, uh, the Chikara piece is not looking so good. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I forgot. That, that is not looking good because <laughs> that hit a snag. Well, all of the sources dropped off the face of the planet mysteriously. They were murdered. I yeah. have very few people uh, still talking to me at this point. Um, a lot of people have just um, quietly disappeared or mysteriously ended up getting booked after not being booked for a long time. Um, and look, I, I'm not saying that, look, enough with the conspiracies on this show. I'm not saying that. This, this is a heavy that. conspiracy. But, but, but look, you know, one, one day someone's talking to it me was quick. Yeah. Uh, about the fact that they're, that they're not booked anymore and the reasons behind that. And the next day they're getting, you know, they stop talking to me. And then a couple weeks later you find out that they're booked. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I do, do I have that kind of reach or power? I don't know. That's not what I'm saying. But the, the point is a lot of the sources have dried up. I want to be very careful about the stake, as I stated in the past, and get everything double sourced and everything so uh, we're not getting sued for the money we don't have. And um, it's very hard to do that when you have very few people um, who are still willing to um, throw things at you. So sure. that's looking shaky. Uh, the podcast, though, is looking good, and it should be out within uh, somewhere between four to six weeks, I would say. Before the end awesome. Of the- yeah. Yeah, let's get into this King of Four Wrestling show. Obviously, this happened uh, Monday. It was Monday morning, uh, early Monday morning uh, from New Japan. Uh, this was obviously from uh, Sumo Hall as well, so a uh, big, big venue. Uh, do we have any ideas on attendance figures? I don't know. I don't recall if I ever it saw was, anything. I, you... It was a, a little over 8,000 paid and over 9,000 total in the building. Okay. So, and, and do you know what, what does that sort of rank with? with not a sellout. Sumo Hall? It was the yeah. last Sumo Hall was AJ Styles, Kota Ibushi in, I forget March? that was. May? It wasn't March, was it? I think it was May. Was it? I thought May was the Yokohama Arena. Oh, whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the Styles Ibushi, that was a sellout. Um, and then the, what was it? One of the G1 shows sold out. And I think the the, the final G1 show, I can't remember mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but this We're pretty was, terrible. This, <laughs> this was, uh, you know, it's not great attendance. Oh, Invasion Attack. Invasion it's Attack was Styles. Yeah, that's April. April then. Yeah. Or uh, no, yeah, April, April 1st or whatever or whatever April. the hell Invasion it is. Invasion Attack is in April. Yeah, so it's in April. Yeah. So that that one sold out. Uh I think one of the 3 G1 Sumo Halls sold out. And I mean, this one had over 9,000 people in the building. It's amazing to me that people still don't understand it, 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 people. I'm going to I'm going to lay this out one more time and then we're never going to talk about it again, okay? New That's not true. We're going to definitely talk about it again. Of course we are. New Japan announces the total amount of people who paid for a ticket. Why is this so hard for people to comprehend? Okay? It's the total number of people who purchased a ticket. It's not the total number of people that are in the building. And, oh, my God, I'm watching this Dodgers-Mets game, and Larry King is sitting behind home plate, and he literally looks – I think Larry King Mm -hmm. died on TV. Yeah, I just saw him as well. Yeah, that, I didn't know that was him at first. I mean, he, he he has looked half dead for the past twenty years, but how bad yeah, does he? He look? got real old. Yeah, he, he got real old real quick. In that seat, he, he's not even. I think he's dead. He's not. He's the only person not standing up and clapping right now. 
at that stretch. Was he 81? 81? Yeah, you could die when you're eight. I mean, come on. You know, he's got, he's, a good you know, he's got kids that are like 12 and 13 years old. That's, that's well, child yeah. abuse, man. Yeah, that's icky. <laughs> he's lucky he made it this far. And look, I have nothing against Larry. Look, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, good, good sports kids. fan. You know what I mean? But he's old as fuck. I don't think you should be pumping out kids when you're in your 70s. No, not really. At least really. not on purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not at all. You really shouldn't. I mean, but. you don't even think uh, Junakiyama's capable of pumping out kids. Yeah, he's at, 30, at, what, 41, 42? 44 years old. You know, you know, Larry King's not pumping dust yet. Kachikobashi just had a kid as well. What's he, like 40? Same range as Akiyama, correct? Yeah, same age range. Yeah, maybe a couple yeah. years, not even maybe like 47, something like that. So yeah, a couple yeah. years older. Yeah. I guess it's the in thing to do. Yeah, maybe. I'm good. <laughs> when I'm 50, I'm, I think I'm good. But anyway, yeah. So they, I think I'm good when I'm 28. But okay, go on. Yeah, seriously, I, I, I think uh, those things pass for JL too. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Mr. JL is going to be pumping out any kids. I, I, I can't even get a woman to talk to me for more than 10 days, let, let alone impregnate one. But uh, so, yeah, they announced the total number of people who purchased tickets. So, um, you know, you look at 8,300 or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, you want to follow up a sellout with another sellout. I don't think this is indicative of any kind of trend or anything like that. Um, we'll see, uh, you know, what the next show does. And, you know, if they if they keep, you know, if they do 7,000 for the next show, well, you mm-hmm. know what, that's a trend. Um, so we'll see. But they had over 9,000 people in the building for this, um, for this show headlined by Okada and AJ Styles. So a, a good attendance, not great. Uh, but not poor either, you know. Eh, mm-hmm. you know but, not a disaster, but not yeah, not not. We're not gonna scream to the high heavens that it was such a monumental success. But yeah, it was just there. Yeah, it was fine. It did well business wise. So anyway, uh, the show itself. Overall thoughts before we go match by match. I thought it was a good show, not a great show. Similar to the business aspect of it. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I'm right with you too. I, I thought everything. I, it was one of those shows that I, I enjoyed because I thought just about everything was pretty good. Uh, nothing was spectacular though. I mean, the main event was, was up there and I, I think spectacular. I'm probably just short of that for this match, but I really, really enjoyed it. And it, it was a well-rounded show. I thought the, the undercard was really pretty solid. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff on there and I thought, you know, the juniors title match, what we'll get to in a little bit was, was great, but yeah, I mean, I, I think just okay is fine. I mean, there was some, there was, there was good, there was bad, but there wasn't, it, it didn't have the peaks of some, you know, recent new Japan shows. It didn't quite get to that level. And I think we're going to talk about one match that I think definitely didn't deliver at least what I wanted. And that, I think that was a big reason why. I, I I didn't like the show as much, but there was um, no a match of the year contender on this show. No, no. And they're usually on a big New Japan show, especially one of their big four shows, which this is one of their big four shows. You're at least going to get a match, maybe two matches, where there's people who, uh, where there's at least a segment of people who think there's a you know a, there's a match of the year contender. There was no match of the year contender here. I think there were two or three like match of the month level contenders, stuff that was flirting with four stars or a shade over four stars. Uh, I'd say safe, uh, you know, two to three matches in that range, and, and we'll talk in more detail about that. But there was nothing bad on the show either, except for actually there was one match that I thought was bad, but you seem to like it. So I guess we'll talk about it when we get okay, to it we get and there. figure out uh, why we're on different pages uh, with that particular match. But uh, so uh, let's run down the card. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we uh, had our opener. It was David Finley, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Sho Tanaka's, uh, and Yohei Kamatsu, so the young boys, against Sushin Thunder Liger, Kushida, Dorada, Taguchi, and Tiger Mask. I this, this got about eight minutes, a little bit over eight minutes. I really fucking enjoyed this. I gave it three stars. I, I could not believe... I, I think a lot of it was the length. I kind of assumed they were going to get five minutes and said, hey, look, there's you know ten guys for five minutes. You know what you're going to get here. It's just going to be a cluster. And it wasn't. I mean, they had enough time where they could almost kind of tell a story, and it was kind of the young boys acting as, as total heels or whatever. Uh, and I thought Dorada, as 
as usual. I mean, it, it seems like a broken record, but I thought he stood out once again. And the most significant thing is he got the pinfall. And it was like, huh, okay. Like, now that time's running out, maybe they're saying, hey, you know what? Let's do something with this guy. I don't know if that's it just happened that way. But I think with all those names in there, for him to get the pinfall, there's some significance there. There's always significance in who gets the pinfalls mm-hmm. in, in, in the a large majority of these New Japan um, um tag team matches it could mean that he's that he'll get a title shot at some point the problem is i don't know where or when um because let's see power struggle has omega been booked for power struggle actually i don't think Uh, he has i don't believe so no so you know it might be at power struggle then that dorada gets his uh second title shot um but because if it doesn't happen there well you know what it could happen at the at the world tag league finals too because if you remember last year they did mix in some other stuff on that show, right. as opposed to some of the years in the past. So I, yeah, maybe maybe they're using it for that. Maybe they're saving it for he's that. He's got two more cracks because I don't think he's going to get it on January fourth. I think that uh, it seems as though that's either going to be Ricochet or somebody at that because they keep saying Ricochet. They have plans for him on that show. So if that's the case, I mean, they'd be fools not to put Ricochet in that match against whoever the champion is. But but I mean, who knows? But yeah, getting the, the to your point though. Uh, that could be significant that he's the one who scored the pin, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, Kushida and Liger. Yeah, exactly. Kushida, Taguchi and Liger are all on his team. And those are guys that you would you would sort of assume on its face. Those are guys that would get the pinfall over him, I think, especially Kushida uh, and, and maybe to an extent Liger as well. And But yeah, for for him to get it over all those guys is, is there's definitely significance there. And, you know, he he could get. Uh, 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 you know, I'm sure they do something significant with him on the Fantastic Mania shows, but that's not quite the same as doing something with him on a pure New Japan show. So, yeah, right. Um, and that, and that realistically is the very end of his run too, the Fantastic Mania shows. But I thought the what I liked about this was all the young lions were on one team as a spo- as opposed to split up. Yeah, I liked it. They should do this more. I, I, I thought it, they were able to sort of band together as a unit next and it seemed like they had good chemistry too being on the same team and, and understanding where each one was going to be and it's just it makes more sense that these five would just be together you know and because they they hang out to I mean, for god's sakes follow them on twitter or instagram you know that they, they it, it's legit like these five hang out and do stuff together so it, it that that's cool i enjoyed that too and you know what they worked sort of like heels for in parts of this match i, I don't think it was sort of like heel. i think it were a lot they, like they heels. attacked before <laughs> the bell yeah. And while while the while the uh, old guys were taking their gear off, they attacked the old man team, the old guy team. Dorada's like 24, but you know, <laughs> or whatever. But you know what I mean. And, and, and you know, and then they kind of worked it like heels. And I thought that they all worked really hard. I will say this: Juice Robinson looked better than he did on the previous tour here. But you could make a solid see. And this speaks to your point where you don't think you see. I don't think you're very high on him ever moving up the New Japan card very far. No. Uh, I got that tone off of you last time, and I don't necessarily disagree. And something that really hit me hard watching this match is this was a ten man tag, and you can make the argument he was the tenth best person in this match. Yep, and I agree. And it was the opener with Young yep. Lions on it. And Tiger Mask and, is in and, it. <laughs> and you can make the serious argument that he was that he's the tenth best worker. Now he wasn't bad in the match. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he was bad in the match. He was fine in the match. I, in fact, I thought he was an improvement from what we've seen of him in this company. But that really puts it in perspective that in a ten man opener, he's arguably the the tenth best worker in the match. Right. That doesn't bode well 
to what you spoke about the last time we did a show. Yeah, who's he gonna? How's he gonna leap these people? I mean, if he le- it would it would be so egregious. You know what I mean? Like if he's the guy that emerges from this this like say these five here, it'd be something that'd be so so weird if like he gets like a, a singles run or a title shot at something or whatever, and and Kamatsu and Tanaka are still in these opener tags. You know what I mean? Like it'd be so so unfair if that because those guys are just so so good. And and you look at you know other guys like Finley and White are again we talk about, and I think that speaks to my point a little bit more is the, these guys. There's no reason that David Finley and Jay White, as good as they are, there's no reason that they should be like leaps and bounds better than Juice. And I think they are. I don't think it's even oh, close. Oh, uh, Finley two. and White? Yeah. Oh, God, they blow Juice Robinson out of the water. And, and that's what I mean. Like, and those guys are still, I mean, yeah, we, we know that they have little backgrounds or whatever, but these, these guys have been, you know, by and large uh, in New Japan for a year, less than a year for, for a few of them. And it's, it's night and day. I mean, they're so much better than Juice. So for him to leap them, not, you know, and, and including Tanaka and Kamatsu, I mean, that would just be insane if he ever, you know, jumped over them. That'd be just criminal if he did that. So, yeah, I just don't know how he's going to do it. I mean, he, he's got to go over, you know, Taguchi. I mean, Taguchi was better than him here. Like, how could you? It's, it's just, listen, yeah, I just don't listen, see it. I'm yeah. not a Taguchi fan, and, I, I, you know, this ass gimmick is is what it is. But I can't sit here and tell you with a straight face that Juice Robinson is a better worker than right? Taguchi with the, some of the matches Taguchi has had in his past. I mean, yeah, I can't do it. The only person in this match where you could, I think you can even make a reasonable argument where I won't laugh you out of the room is Tiger Mask. And I'll tell you what, Rich, in a big spot, if you put those, who do you have more confidence going to oh, deliver? It's, got Tiger, it's Tiger Mask. Mask. Yeah. I mean, you got more confidence in, and and we're not big Tiger Mask fans either. No, but, no but if, not at if, all. If you were to put him in a big spot, you know, which I have way more confidence that he's going to deliver right now than Juice Robinson's going to deliver. Look, and and we knew what Juice Robinson was good at when he was with NXT. We talked about it a million times. The guy's a great enhancement talent. That's what he was. He was very good. He was a very good and, – and we have a lot of respect for enhancement talents. It's not that – you know we're not burying him for being a great enhancement talent. That's a, you know, that's a legitimate skill in pro wrestling. Um, but you know it's, it's – again, for him to want to make a name for himself, he's going to have to move up this card. It's going to be very difficult for him to do so uh, with where he is in the pecking order right now. I move on. Next match was uh, Tomiaka Hanma and Yoshihashi. And this was presumably for a never open white title. We sort of assumed that that would probably be what was going to happen. Uh, and, you know, obviously we, we were right at the end. Uh, Hanma won. I was I was kind of surprised. I kind of thought Yoshihashi was going to win this. And I know I probably shouldn't have. And it was kind of built for Hanma. But but I just kind of felt, I don't know. I, I felt like Yoshihashi was going to win. And I think there's a little bit more value in, in Hashi winning it. But, hey. People like Hanma, and it's going to be fun to have him go for the never title. So I was rooting for Yoshihashi, but deep down I knew Hanma was going to win. And when and when Hanma did win, it totally tipped off that Ishii was going to win later. Yeah, right. The winner of this match was determining the winner of the never match. I mean, let's face it. But um, and and, and I actually on the last show or on Twitter or wherever I said it, I don't even remember anymore. Maybe one of these reviews, I miss. I saw either a bad translation or I misinterpreted a translation. Yoshihashi was not saying that he was going for the never title if he won. Yoshihashi's gripe was that he didn't think Hanma belonged in the G1, and he wanted to prove that he deserved the G1 spot over Hanma by beating him here, and he he wanted to earn a G1 spot. Um, The never thing was Hanma's thing. Hanma's thing all along was, I want a never title shot if I beat this guy. So, But the, the bottom line is this. I love the fact that they gave these two lower mid-carders a singles match and gave them both motivations. Yes, yeah, more singles matches, please. This is what we complain please. about with New Japan and <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the tag matches. This, that's why I was super into this. Yeah, it only went about eight minutes, and it's like, not like it's not like you have to devote you know 
20 minutes to every single singles match. I don't think there's anything wrong with an under 10 minute singles match. Like this one, you know, it didn't blow my socks off. I think I, I forgot what rating I gave it and I forgot what you did. I, I think, uh, what did I give it? I gave it two and three quarter, which I, I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But like, I mean, like stuff like this, we should be getting more of this. Just these singles, one, especially with these lower card guys. It's, it's you know, you're not going to really blow a big match with, with, with lower card guys. It's not going to be that big of a deal of, oh my God, they gave away, you know, Dorada versus right. whoever. You, you know, Dorada versus Tanaka. Oh my God, they blew that. You know, that's a, that's a future, you know, that's okay if you do that a few times. Because this is something that it, it 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 makes me more enjoyable as a, as a fan, and like I said, I enjoyed the first half of the show, and the fact that we got a, a relatively big time singles match in there was one of the reasons why I enjoyed the first part. So just more of this, and it doesn't have to be like twenty minutes, doesn't have to be for you know major stuff. It just sometimes it's nice to see these guys go you know on their own and do a singles. It's just for and have any kind of motivation, it's right? Like and and Yoshihashi is a guy I don't like. Yoshihashi is a guy I never I'm I'm never into, and it's because I always see him as the the third or fourth wheel in a tag match. And this I enjoyed. I thought he was good here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. He actually is okay. All right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I hate him in these tag matches because you know he's just there to get pinned when when all the other chaos guys are done or whatever. But it, it's it was nice to see him in here. It was nice to see him kind of branch out a little bit. And Hadma, that speaks for itself. You know, we, we know what he, he can do in a singles match. So yeah, and they gave you a reason to be invested in it because there were some clear motivations and that, and that's a good thing. So, so yeah, Hanma wins and then he would make the the challenge for the never title later. Yeah. And then I guess we could expand on that when the time comes, as far as the match, I was right in the same neighborhood as you. I gave it three. So I was a quarter star higher. Uh, so we were right in the same. But that's basically our scales. That's basically, our I mean, scales, it's just so. basically the same rating. I mean, you know, so, um, it, you know, it was, it was, this was, it, it was, it was fine for the second match on the show that went eight minutes. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it was, it was a good little match. And then we uh, we had the eight man tag. It was uh, Tenzan, Nakanishi, Kojima, and Nagata versus Team uh, Puro Twitter. It was Captain New Japan, not him, but uh, Hiroki Goto, Shibata, and Kota Ibushi. And as we predicted, uh, they of course lost. And this this was I think you called it in the preview, and I think I called it too. That it was just Gato trolling the the. Uh, American Pearl audience, because you you knew you know when Goto Shibata and uh, Kota Bushi are on the same team, but they're also with Captain New Japan. It's like oh boy, this this is not going to go well. Yeah. And uh, those the old farts won. The old farts did in fact win. Um, and and you look, this was this was just a match. But I mean, the, the one thing I took away from this is I, I don't know if you picked up on it, but I did. But um, Nakanishi and Ibushi, their opening exchange in this match, I I was and I was I was entertained as fuck by these two guys because Ibushi tried to get sassy with Nakanishi, and Nakanishi wasn't having it, and he gave him a dad beating. And I and I was thoroughly entertained by that. I thought he just chopped the shit out of him and put Ibushi in his place. And that's hopefully a sign of what we're going to see when Tenru gets in there with Okada. I want to see Okada get cocky with Tenru. On, yeah, and, and him just go, and, you little fuck, do you know what I've done? <laughs> I want Tenru to just give him a dad beating, like twice as bad as the dad beating that Nakanishi gave Ibushi on this card. But yeah, I mean, you know. This, when was Okada born? I'm trying to figure out if he can. He's 20. 87. Okay, 20. all right. Well, you know, 87 for Okada. He's same age as me. She's 28. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tenru can't. Okay. Because I was hoping he was going to be like, God damn it, kid. Like, when, <laughs> I, to be fair, Okada was still in diapers when he was, you know. Wait, Tenru could be his dad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Tenru's got to be 60 at this oh, point, right? Yeah, 61, I thought. Got to be early 60s, If I remember right? correctly. Somewhere around there. Yeah, no, he's 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 old. <laughs> he's a, definitely an old man. He's he. Uh, I'm I think I'm ready for the retirement to happen because it's been been kind of ugly i i love tenru you know that but yeah it's been it's, who doesn't love it's tenru? Nice. yeah no yeah i don't How know is there, anybody, is, there, is there anybody who doesn't like is tenru? He one of those guys where like i don't think anyone is like 
Ugh, Tenru, he stinks. Yeah, like, I gotta I, say, I, I wonder. I'd, I'd be curious because there, there are people, you know, like even some of the, the the real big guys. Like, of course, like Kobashi or whatever, and Kawada. Everyone's pretty well, or uh, Masawa rather. But Kawada can be a guy that's sort of divisive or whatever. And and yeah, and obviously Tawe is one that's super divisive. Yeah, I'd be interested to see in Tenru if people are like, oh god. I think of the of the three, put Tawe aside, but of the other three, uh, Masawa, Kobashi, and uh, Kawada. Kobashi's the one that surprisingly people are down on more than the other really? two. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's down on him to the point that. where they think he stinks. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's the vibe I get. But I, but again, I think I've Ten- seen more for uh, Kawada. I've seen a lot for him. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of divisiveness with him. Yeah, but Tenru, I think, is one of those guys where it's just like I don't think anybody thinks. I think everyone well, let us know. respects the shit. Let us know so we can make fun of you. So on Twitter uh, at Voices Wrestling, let us know if you hate Tenru, and then we will make. Fun oh, I will of you, rip so. the shit. I mean, how can you <laughs> not we will like call Tenru? You an idiot. I mean, you guys are great. We will call your opinion invalid and, and tell you you're an idiot. So please do that. Yeah. So uh, any other takeaways from that? I don't have any other not really. No, it's it's fun. This was like the the bi monthly Nakanishi, you know somewhat motivated for a match and, and, and works pretty well. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I gave it, uh, you, I think you gave it three stars, which isn't too ridiculous. I gave so it, did uh, you. what did I do? I gave it three stars as well. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was, again, it got time again. And that, that's what the show was interesting. And it felt like everything got a solid amount of time, which is, is weird because, you know, we talk about it, it's a deep card too. And there's a lot of matches on here, but this one, you know, went a little bit over 12. It didn't feel rushed. Nothing on this entire show felt rushed. It felt like everybody had time to sort of do what they wanted to do, have a story. Cause sometimes you'll get there. I mean, these guys are in and out. The, well, the other thing about this, like uh, normally an eight man tag like this, where a blind man can see who's about to get pinned. You want, it feels like it takes forever. This didn't feel, I enjoyed the match. It didn't feel like it took forever. Yeah. I enjoyed what I was watching. It, it held my attention. Uh, move on now to the uh, junior heavyweight tag match. This was Red Dragon defending their titles against Rapungi Vice, who's, of course, Beretta and Rocky Romero. In case, uh, if you're interested in Rocky Romero, we have a really good piece on the uh, the website right now where uh, Matt Treby actually interviewed Rocky Romero and talked about you know his his rise in, in New Japan and AAA and CMLL and all that stuff that he did in his career. He's had just a lengthy career. It's a sleeper of a, of a long career, especially in New Japan, too. You forget how long he's been there as well. But, yeah, anyway, this match... Um, you know how uh, a few months ago it was uh, the Kushida Kenny Omega match, and you said that you know that the botch at the end of the match just completely killed it for you. It, it just it ruined everything. This one, this was my match where, and, and at the time I told you, no, it didn't ruin it for me. This match was so ruined by that that botch at the end. I uh, I love this match. I loved it so much. And then it was over, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> that was oh god. Yeah, you. Th- well, I mean, yeah, it totally ruined it. Um, I, I was ready. To, it was my favorite match of the night to that well, point. Well, see, I, I didn't see. Here's my problem with this match. Number one, the fans just weren't into this match at all. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the building for the match. There's nothing wrong with the work up until the finish, which I still can't figure out who fucked up. It's like, yeah, I, I watched it like three or four times. So for people that don't know, um, do, do, do you recall exactly what happened? I do. Or you want to run I through do. It? They, they gave that that wheelbarrow DDT thing that Red Dragon does. They gave it to Beretta. Um O'Reilly went for the cover, two count, and then what was supposed to happen was Romero and Fish were sort of supposed to just tumble into them and mm-hmm. to break it up. They tumbled into them, but Trent's shoulders never came off the mat, so Tiger Hattori counted to three. He called it like a shoot, and Romero was incensed. 
Rocky Road, he went nuts. Did you listen to the English feed? I did. I couldn't understand oh. what he was saying. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, it was not. Yeah. But he was incensed. He was not happy. Um, I thought Bobby Fish, Bobby Fish immediately recognized what was going on. And he really tried to oversell the idea. He did that. Like, remember when Randy Orton was told to be more uh, celebratory as a face? Yes. Remember that about two years ago? And he started doing, like, jumping jacks every time he won or whatever. So much of like, the fuck you, Randy Orton thing or whatever. That's that's what Bobby Fish was just like, oh, my God, yes, yeah. Like, just, just going nuts. Like, really over, just over the top nuts. Yeah, to, it was To kind of cover for the idea that it was a, that it was a botch. Um, but, yeah, Romero was just – was you could tell he wasn't happy at all. And, you know, it, 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 look, the crowd wasn't into it. The finish was an absolute disaster. So for me, I, you know, it completely, I wasn't into the match to that point all that much. There's nothing wrong with the work. It was just, it felt dry because the crowd didn't care. And then the finish was just an absolute mess. Now I would say that it really bugs me when there's a two count and a partner, you know, kicks the guy in the back to break it up. And the guy underneath doesn't lift the shoulder. That stuff always bugs me. So it's funny to see that in this case, the referee said, fuck it. I'm just counting three yeah, because I I'm tired of looking like a goof in these situations. So to me, you know, I have watched it about a dozen times now, this finish. I don't blame Tiger Hattori at all. No, no, he's doing his job. And that's we, we've heard we know that from WWE as well. That's happened a few times in Divas matches and, and a few times in the male matches as well, is that they're told, hey, look, if these guys don't do it, I mean, you gotta you have to you have to look real because it, it looks so so stupid too if they're kind of holding it up. I want to, uh, you know, like don't do that. It's your job to kick out a two. Like it's not my job to sort of to 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 count differently or do anything like that. It's 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 up to you to kick out. So yeah, no, I I, I put absolutely zero of the blame on Hattori. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, the, the two guys coming in too late for the save or for Trent for not. At the same time, though, the whole idea of saving your partner from a pin is that he can't kick out. So do you think that he shouldn't be worried about raising his shoulder? And it's really on the other you know, two or three guys involved in the match to make sure that the person uh, performing the pin gets adequately knocked off of the man being pinned. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know I got you. But I think it's always just good practice, too, just to... Lift to, the shoulder anyway? Just in case, yeah. just You never know. Like, because things like that will happen, where guys get tripped up or something. Like, because it's such a precise timing if you if you try to do it that way. I'd say there's nothing wrong with putting the shoulder up at two if you can. So, it's all right. But yeah, the, the match itself. Uh, it, why, why do you think the crowd was so dead for this? I've seen a few different theories. I've seen people say, oh, you know, they were all Americans. Or they're all Gaijins or whatever. Is that one of the reasons? I don't know what it was. I just They just didn't buy in at all. I don't know if I it. buy that as a reason, though, because we've seen matches between, you know, all Gaijins before. Yeah, what are you going to add the young bucks in and all of a sudden they love it? I mean, it's... So, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And, and yeah. look, there could be... Some, it could be just this crowd, uh, you know, because the next match was was two foreigners as well. But the thing is... Um, by the end of the next match, the fans were going insane because the work was so good. So I'm not so sure that I buy this <laughs> idea that it was just because it was foreigners. I'm, I don't I don't know if I buy that. It's always a possibility in Japan, depending what kind of crowd mix you get. But I don't know. We, we've seen fans react to these matches before, so I'm not so sure I'm buying that. Yeah, it could have just been this combo of foreigners. It just could be, you never know. Hey, look, I mean, sometimes look, it just doesn't work. It yeah. didn't connect with people that, yeah. and this sometimes night, that happens. It happens. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you mentioned the other one. We'll go back to this one now. The junior heavyweight title is Kenny Omega, the champion, defending against Matt Seidel. And this, uh, you gave it four stars. I gave it, I think, what, three and a half? Three and three quarters, uh, I think. Or three and three quarters. Yeah, somewhere around there. I, I, no, a, a three and a half. Three I gave it three and a half. half. That's okay. that's my scale, too. I mean, I, that three and a half is still very good for me. I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was fantastic. 
look, I mean, early on in the match, it was suffering from the same problem that the previous match did, where the fans uh, weren't fully invested in it. But as the match went along, uh, the fans really got into it because this match was so fucking good. I mean, this was two... I would call them, I don't hesitate to call these guys great workers because I do think they're both great. And I think that Matt Seidel is having a great year. I think he's a dark horse, most outstanding candidate. He's having great matches on three different continents. The work in this match was so super clean. And that's one trait that both of these guys was bring amazing. to the table. They're both yeah. guys who always work super clean. And Kenny Omega, I, I, you know, I want to see him work more matches like this where there's no Bullet Club bullshit. It's just a straight match. He pinned Matt Seidel clean as a sheet, center of the ring. No nonsense, no BS. Yep. Uh, and, and, and that's and, – and, 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 when, and when Kenny Omega has – look, I couldn't stand uh, the Kushida match because it was just loaded with nonsense. And I love this match because it was just Kenny Omega going in there and doing – he does best, which is wrestle. And he's he's one of the most dynamic offensive wrestlers in the business. When he caught Matt Seidel coming off the top turnbuckle, when Seidel went for that Meteora or whatever he calls them. It's the move that Shima calls the Meteora. I don't know what Matt Seidel calls it. Where he comes yeah, I'm sure he's got a different name for it. I'm Who sure knows? he has some Matt Seidel-inspired gimmicky name for it. But everyone knows the move I'm talking about. He caught him in midair and then turned it into a buckle bomb. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And then he did uh, – and then Seidel lifted him up and, and went for the – I'm sorry. Omega lifted him up and went for the uh, uh, the delayed suplex. And Seidel reversed it into a Hurricane Rana. I mean that whole sequence of moves was incredible. Oh, it was so crisp too. I think that's the thing that you mentioned as well. And, I, and, and you know, it's kind of the nerdy wrestling fan in us or whatever. But like, you know, watching that, it, it's it, – it didn't – you know, at no point, it was just like I was just sitting there and just watching these guys. And you just you just know when you're watching those guys and when they're that good and when it's that crisp and, and just everything just flowing perfectly. Like, you just can't help it. You know, your eyes couldn't look away. It was just like, my God, like these guys are just so good at their craft. Like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the story of the match and everything that went in, like you kind of lost track of that for a little bit and just said, my God, these guys are just so good at what they do. And it was almost like you were just in awe watching them. Uh, just how they could reverse moves, like you said, the the, the meteor to the buckle bomb, the you know, just different stuff that they were doing. It was just so smooth and so and and yeah, Seidel. I mean, it goes. We've talked at length about Kenny Omega, and I think we we've mentioned Seidel as well. But if you're not on board with this guy and you haven't seen a lot of the stuff that he's done across the world in different, it, he's just he's on a different level. And it, it's like a guy who you look at and you look at what a waste a few of the years of Matt Seidel where I mean he was great as Evan Bourne, I thought for his role in WWE. But if you look at a guy, he's just man, he's so good. And he, he is he is so much better than he was when he left Ring of Honor the initial time. Yes. As Matt said, he was flippy small guy. I mean, that's that's what he was. I mean, I, I wasn't even that big of a fan of him at the time. I mean, I enjoyed his stuff, but I kind of saw him as flippy small guy. He went to WWE. He was still kind of flippy small guy who was really good at taking bumps. He's not that at all. I mean, he is so he's grown so, so much that if you sort of think, oh, you're getting a Matt Seidel match. Ah, he's just going to do a bunch of flips and stuff. You're, you're wrong. I mean, that's not what he's doing at all. He, he is building matches. He, he's developing well. I mean, the first half of the match is him sort of, you, you know, work and hold, but all sort of getting to a point where, you know, yeah, at the end. He will get, you know, kind of flippy or whatever, but everything, everything seems to make sense. Not just, you know, going nuts for the purpose of going nuts. Everything is, is, is concentrated and makes sense. Oh no, absolutely. He's, he's grown so much as a worker and look, I liked his uh, first ring of honor run too, but he kind of like, he was sort of like a young boy. He, they would team, remember he did the thing with Christopher Daniels where Daniels right, was the right. veteran and he was the, and he was the young kid and they were a tag team and he did, did the tag team with AJ Styles for a while, which was a similar dynamic. Um, you know, and, and I thought the best run of his career up until now was that Dragon Gate run that he had, where I really thought he grew as a worker. Uh, when 
when he was with Dragon Gate, which a lot of guys do when they go through uh, a couple of Dragon Gate tours. But the run that he's on this year, I think uh, quite easily can be called the best run of his career. Oh, not yeah, no doubt. Especially when you add in everything. I mean, in, in the UK, he's killing it. In Japan, he's killing it. In America, he's killing it. Go to your local indie, and he's killing it. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. I just watched him have now. a four-star match last night against ACH, and you know, on the heels of this match, everything he does in Rev Pro with Will Ospreay is great. I mean, this guy is just you know, he's. I saw him live. You know, him and ACH live was was fantastic. I've seen him live a few times this year, and it's, it's every time has been great. Hey, and he's 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 a well-rounded veteran. At, point um whereas like you said you know he was kind of the kid uh pre-wwe wwe mm-hmm. was okay too but i mean you know there's only so he much- played his role there well exactly. but it wasn't like he didn't do i mean they didn't give him any chance to do much he was so just kind of there to five foot four or whatever it is, is gonna exactly yeah he, he so. would get tossed around a lot i mean the, the thing with kofi kingston was kind of fun for a little bit and he would go to the money in the bank matches and have a pretty good time as well and, and and do some stuff in those but yeah that was basically his his limit was hey here's a flippy guy that we'll put in a few matches he here and there sold that's... a lot in w- yeah exactly which is yeah, your he, role he was... when you're a little guy like that it's, yeah he's five four you know like you said he's five four 150 of course whatever I mean, he is and it's like and he was he was very and like you said he excelled in his role but this is where he's really he's allowed to spread his wings he's doing great things on three con yeah. i really and i really you know the last three or four minutes of this match was just two great workers doing great things. And I really want more of that uh, out of Omega. I really do. And I love the finish where it looked like Seidel was going to fight out of the one-winged angel. So then Omega just adjusted and did it from the opposite side, which was clever. And, and you know, it doesn't make Omega look like a total goof who always needs Cody Hall to do his dirty work or Carl Anderson or whoever else. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really love the match. Um, it, 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 I don't think it, it may not have been the best match on the show, but it was my favorite match on the show. Yep. I uh, move to a match here. Uh, Bad Luck Folly, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus Sakuraba, Nakamura, and Toro Yano. This is the match where we're going to differ. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because I, th- I, thought so. I didn't think this match was very good at all. Um, it was very short. Nakamura basically, I don't even know why he showed up. Yeah, he shouldn't have. I mean, yeah, he was not one of the reasons I liked it. Um, so. Yano, I think the only time he tagged in was for the finish. So he's another guy who just decided to uh, mail this one in. And I don't know, man. I just I didn't I didn't feel like there was a ton of effort from anybody in this match. I thought it was just there. I thought it was very clearly the worst match on the show. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think back of what I enjoyed, especially about it. And that's considering, uh, I, and, and I'll let you get. But that, yeah, and that's, yeah. I thought it was the worst match in the show, considering that there was a match on this show where the finish was fucked up, and I still thought <laughs> this was the worst match on the show. Uh, yeah, I, I I think one of the things I enjoyed about it, um, I thought Anderson was pretty good in here. I thought Anderson and Gallows in particular, I thought were pretty okay. Um, the Yano stuff at the end was was fine, and I thought Fale was okay. And I, I, I like Sakuraba in this match as well. Nakamura didn't really do a whole lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of Sakuraba did a lot for me here. I really liked it. I don't know why. I thought he had a nice little. He he seemed somewhat motivated. Where, where you know you, sometimes you don't get that motivated Sakuraba. I thought here you did a little bit. Yeah. You didn't get that vibe from him? I, I didn't get that vibe from anyone in this match. I, yeah, the only that, thing I fair. liked about the match was the finish with Yano with the low blow and then rolling up Fale. I thought that was a cool finish. But um, other than that, I, I didn't really like anything about it. I mean, it was just, it was just a match. I don't know. I think I went two stars or something. It was just yeah, something, I did two it and was a half. It was like, like a superstars match where no one really cares. 
Yeah, I, I, I like the brawling of it too. I mean, usually I don't like the brawls, the out of the, the ring brawls, especially with the Bullet Club. But I thought this one sort of worked here. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember enjoying it a pretty good amount. But yeah, not because of Nakamura. He he should just definitely have not showed up, and that's that's unfortunately been something he's done a lot this year. But yeah, no, I I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a good brawl, and I think the time was actually perfect for me because it didn't get long in the tooth like a lot of Bullet Club matches do. I think this is the perfect length for these ones where they're just going to go around and everyone's just going to kind of brawl and do all that sort of stuff. I thought that, you know, a little over seven minutes, I think, or between seven or eight or whatever is perfect time for them uh, to get that going. Okay, we'll move on now. Never open weight title. Togi Makabe, the champion, defending against Tomohiro Ishii. As you mentioned, when Hanma won, you kind of had an idea what was going to happen here, and it, it did happen. Ishii defeated Makabe to become, once again, the never open weight champion. I wanted to hate this a lot. I was grumpy when it started. I, like everybody else pretty much on Earth, I hated the booking leading up to this. I hated the idea that Ishii's getting a title shot despite the fact that he can't beat this guy. So why on Earth is he getting a title shot to begin with? I hated the idea that Ishii was going to win because I didn't think he should have been getting the title shot to begin with. So I didn't think he deserved to be champion. And then I ended up loving the match because the, the, the work took over and I just I thought – the vicious chops to the throat. I was, I was, I was marking out for that. And, um, I thought this was the second best match of the, uh, at least the second best match of the four that they've had this year, because there were certainly diminishing returns on each match, um, as, as they've, as they've gone down the line. But this one, I thought, uh, improved upon the last two and may have, you know, it, it was at least the second best of the four they had, maybe the best. Um, so I really like this. Now you didn't like it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, a lot of it is I, I really am I'm, I'm kind of over Makabe in general. I thought a lot of the, the ending, I'll give you this, the ending saved it for me. I think I was going to probably give it a lot worse of a rating until that last, you know, five-minute stretch where then I was kind of into it. I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, I thought she was going to win, but there was a point where I was like, yeah, maybe he's not going to win. But either way, there was, they had a fun little back and forth, uh, you know, at the end, and 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 that that really saved it for me. Otherwise, I don't know, man. It's just Makabe and Ishii chopping each other. I just, I don't know. I've seen it so much. And it's just, you know, I I, I don't know. I, Makabe just does nothing for me right now. And, and the the whole thing just reeked of too much of an Ishii Makabe match. It was just them kind of clubbing one another for five minutes and then hitting each other. You know, there just wasn't anything there for me until the end. The end saved it for me. But yeah, I did not like it as much as you. I will agree that it was probably, it, it was certainly better than their last two because I did not like those at all. But I, I still think the first one was probably their best one. And, and, it, it's been it's been kind of downhill from there for me, and this was fine, but it, it just didn't do much for me. I don't think I've ever been in the Makabe, to be completely honest. He's kind of always been a guy who's just there. Now, he has delivered good matches um, in, in big spots, but there's also times where it's just like, all right, I got to sit through this Togi Makabe match. Yeah, that's how this one was, and I, I love Ishii. You know that, but I mean, once they started, once I saw that, okay, we're just going to do forearm strikes, then we're going to club each other, then we're going to headbutt, and then we're going to you know run into each other a bunch and scream and yell, and I was like, I don't... I've seen this. I've seen this dance a few times already. I, it, it does nothing for me. But the ending helped it a lot. I, it probably would have been a worse rating for me if without that ending. But I'll give you that. I you, you went four and a quarter, which I that's <laughs> I find that insane. But if that's your thing, you liked it. That's fine. Hey, if I like the match. I like the match. I'm not going to make yeah. Apologies. Who's, who's me to tell you? And but. there were people. I did get subtweeted on Twitter. People ripping that. Oh, rating. did you? <laughs> but then I also had people. It's like it, it's like no one's in the, in between on this. Then I had people who were strongly agreeing with me. Alan jumped in and strongly agreed with me. He was one guy who said, oh, somebody else loved that match as much as I did. Yeah. And I was like, I, yeah, I don't know. And then there were other people who, you know, were like, uh, you know, uh, there were actually people who gave that match four and a quarter. Haha. Well, I mean, you know, you like it, you don't. I get wrapped up in these match ratings. If you don't <laughs> yeah. agree, you don't agree. What do I care? But yeah, I, think, uh, I think I went three with this one, which isn't bad. I mean, three stars is still pretty solid. But yeah, I, I, I uh, just by and large, I didn't really like it that much. But 
That's fair. Uh, speaking of a match I did not like all that much, and I really wanted to, uh, Tanahashi and Naito. Well, the thing about this was um, it became very clear to me by the end of this that it wasn't about the match. So uh, it was very hard for me to rate from that perspective because as a segment on the show, I enjoyed the fuck out of this. This was super compelling. I, I'll give you that. Yeah. I loved everything that happened. But it very clearly wasn't about the match. I mean, you had Naito the day before at the presser who flat out said, I don't care about the briefcase. I don't want it. That's what he said. Those are, that's and then knocked it off quote. the table. <laughs> and then knocks it off the I table. don't want this thing. And he knocks it off the table. I don't even want the briefcase. So he's he's got this thing going where he doesn't even give a shit if he wins matches, which is very interesting. And, um, you know, of course, you know – Everybody figured out that it was Watanabe within 30 seconds of him coming out of the curtain because he didn't tuck his hair into the mask. Yeah, he's a gigantic man with with blonde hair. Right. So it was his body shape and the hair peeking out of the mask. So we knew it was going to be Watanabe, but he's not Watanabe anymore. He's evil. Evil. Is it capitalized? It's capitalized. Is it? So everything's in caps. I was going to say, if it's Japan, I hope everything's in caps. And it It is is stylized. He is evil. So now I'll get really mad when Dave doesn't st- when doesn't capitalize. He does it with Yoshihashi too. Yoshihashi is all capital. Kushida all capital. Like yeah, he does not stylize sometimes when he when he and he throws the fucking hyphen in the G one or the dash in the G one. There's no dash. There's never been a dash. It's just G one. Listen, this is this is your gelato rant, ah, man. This is I I get it. Hate it. No, <laughs> hate it. it. And then other people use it. Like stop using it. Capitalize Kushida. Damn it. So so he's capitalized. I just want to make sure I'm right. So when I get mad. So it's all, all capital. Well, evil. I'll tell you, from what I saw on the New Japan, on, on the matchups for the Power Struggle Tour, uh, he's only on the final show. He's only on the Power Struggle show, mm-hmm. and it does say evil in it's, all caps. Okay, okay. Well, that, that's probably it then. So, I was going to say, that's, that would make sense. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Um, you know, that's the only place I've seen it really in print. But, um, yeah, so he's now known as evil. He looked like a badass. He had like a... a, a eyeliner like eyeshadow or whatever it was really cool it was a good look i mean they made him it, one of the things that kind of hurt is when he took the mask off you could hear the crowd just being like oh, who's that again and then like slowly but surely i think they sort of got it because he looks an absolute you know zero like he looked when he when he came or when he left japan i mean i, I get that like people in the the third deck or, or way back there is probably like i have no idea who that is or whatever but yeah. slowly but surely people kind of got it as it went on it was probably there was probably a buzz going oh that's it's you know what you can sort of sense that it got there in real time i did have some english speakers who tweeted at us during the show saying that were there uh tweeting from their phones saying no one knows that this is watanabe but then the next day um there was, I, I read uh, somebody on the Observer board who was there live saying that some of the people in his section recognized Watanabe. And then yeah. when they clued everybody else in, people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is what You could but, sense that from the crowd reaction because initially it took us off and you could see everybody being like, huh? Like everyone's kind of squinting to say, I don't – I still don't really know who that is. And then a little bit over time, especially when he when he busted out that, that move on Goto, I mean that was – then people – Pops like crazy, and they were like, "Okay, shit, this is awesome." And yeah, and, and I mean the that STO type maneuver that he gave. Yeah, him, yeah, I mean, yeah, we looked I incredible, know. and I hope that's his finish. Uh, because to hit that as as hitting that on Goto too. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, and he murdered. What him was it? Him. I mean, he he fucking ragdolled Goto. Goto's huge. Like and they're gonna have a singles match, a power struggle, and I'm looking forward to that match. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna, you know because Watanabe has looked good, and I'll tell you. Um, you know, so you got to give these Japanese fans a break because, like you said, his last match was actually he teamed with it was against Killer Elite Squad, and he teamed with I want to say it was either um, um, 
It was either Kojima or Tenzan, but I can't remember which one. Yeah, let's see here. I'll because, fire this up here. Because, we'll, see what, we'll see what else was on this card so we can do the way back machine and see. Yeah. Because, okay, Cage Match, our, our friends at Cave Match have him capitalized as well as evil. So There you go. Well, and they're never wrong. So One of the 10 Koji guys was injured and he replaced him. And it was the Takaake Watanabe farewell match. And it was on one of the pay-per-views. And obviously he took the fall. And the point is he looked completely he, – he had the young boy look. Black type. Uh, he was with Tenzan. Hair. This is King, King of Pro Wrestling 2013. Speak of the devil. There you go. So it was exactly two years ago when he had his last match. And it was with Tenzan or Kojima? Uh, I was with uh, Tenzan. Okay, so there you go. And, he, and it was Just Killer Elite Squad, correct? Uh, yep. Good memory out of JL. How about yeah, that's that? Not I bad. can't ever remember that's anything. Not bad. Even in your old age. Even in your old age, you still got it. So, um, I apologize. That was mean. Here's what else was on this card. Shibata Ishii. Nagata Sakuraba. Naito Yujiro Takahashi, I <laughs> that one. Uh, Okada Tanahashi was our main event. And then also Nakamura versus Marafuji. Yes. If you remember, Marafuji came out on, uh, I guess it was one of the destruction shows yeah. with his hipster look and uh, made the challenge. And then they, uh, that, that was when Nakamura was taking on people like um, uh, Marafuji. And then he had a match against, uh, uh, who's the guy from uh, Kayatai Dojo that I cannot stand? The Kayatai do- Dojo. Uh, uh, I'm not bringing. I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kengo Mishimo. Kengo Mishimo. He, he defended the Intercontinental title against him. I don't remember that. I have no memory of that he, whatsoever. He did. He, he, he was, it was it's Shelton Benjamin. He, remember he had that two-match series? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was during that stretch where he was just taking on all comers. So, you know, and that Marafuji match wasn't bad, if I recall. So, so yeah, it's been two years for Watanabe. He looks completely different now. Can't blame it. Because, look, you know. The 8,300 people, the 9,000 people in Sumo Hall or whatever, okay, they're not tuning in to Ring of Honor every week on their local Sinclair affiliate, okay? So why would they know what the guy looks like now? It was just the, the uh, you know, the, the American fans or, you know, the, the Western fans who, who recognize him <laughs> from his look. So, but yeah, I like this evil thing. I like the fact that Shibata and uh, Godo made the save. Gives them a bit of a direction now. We're going to have Godo versus evil at Power Struggle. And uh, then we'll see where we'll go from there. And and the other I can't I can't find your uh, Kaintai Dojo guy. Yeah, Kengo Mishimo. He faced. No, I don't think it happened. Yes, he did. <laughs> that definitely it. happened. It, it, One thousand percent. He faced. Got to tell you. Got to tell your guy. Was it for the IC title? Might have been in two thousand twelve. No. It definitely happened. Who am I confusing him with then? Because I'm almost I'm nine nine. Here's this run. So he he beat Lasamba for the title. Then he defended against Benjamin. He defended against Marufuji. Defended against Suzuki. Lost the title to Tanahashi. Uh, got it back, uh, defended against the Gracie, and then lost to Fale. Got it back, uh, then against Shibata, Ibushi, Nagata, and then lost it. And then, yeah, what we have now. So so you don't see a Kengo Mishimo match against Nakamura? No, I'm going to look it up here. Let's see. Uh, new beginning, it says they... February 2013, he, uh, which built to a singles match at the new beginning. Okay, let's see. It might not have been for the IC title. That would have. Yeah, it was just a random singles match. Oh, okay. That might. So it was after Nakamura. Was when Lasombra had the title. I think so. This is February 2013. I think Lasombra had the title at that point. Okay, so Nakamura wrestled Mishimo at New Beginning 2013. Yes, yeah, not yeah. Not an IC title match. Okay. No, no. Okay, it was. Oh, because that was okay. Suzuki was against Okada on that show, and then Tanahashi versus Carl Anderson. I remember that show. Yeah, no. So he wasn't there. And that match stunk because Kengo Mishimo stinks, and <laughs> right. I, 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 I really can't stand the guy. Um, I actually watched some Kaiyantai Dojo the other night. Don't ask me why. 
I keep yeah, going doing? back to the K-Dojo. <laughs> Why do you do that? Because I like Hino. Hino's cool. He gives everybody the finger. But then, you know, you watch these matches, and they're just always terrible. K-Dojo stinks. I really don't. It's just so hard to watch, too, because there's like seven people in the crowd, and they're just like, they're just like, they don't like react or make any noise. It's dark. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't. There's nothing redeeming about that. It's a that deep, promotion. dark thing. I don't want to. I don't like getting into it. It's just an odd. Do you do it to fall asleep? Is that why you do it? I do it because I'm just obsessive compulsive about it. I okay. see a new show pop up. I think this is going to be the one I'm going to like. <laughs> and I watch. How long has this been going on? This has been years now. It's it's not going to happen. It's, you're right. It's not going to happen. It's I, over. I can't let go, though. Spend your time on Guts World. You got to start watching I will Guts never World. watch Guts World. <laughs> Guts World is it's pretty okay. Because it's a brightly lit arena with seven people. It's just in it, not so my thing. I just I'm, yeah. I'm not going to watch the guts world. But uh, but I'll watch the K Dojo all day long. Which the guts world. I think you should try better. the guts world. You know, I don't need another promotion to pile on. Look, this is why I haven't watched Bola yet because I'm busy, yeah, watching, busy watching K Dojo. K-Dojo. So yeah, stop doing that. Watch Bola. So this is bad. But yeah, so it wasn't about the match uh, with Tanahashi Naito. It was about all the uh, the ancillary stuff that happened around it. So. Sure. I, I, I enjoyed the match itself up to that point was kind of disappointing, but yeah, like you said, I, I enjoyed the story and everything that happened. I will point around it, but it, here's but... the thing about the match too: both the English commentators who we're going to talk about and the Japanese commentators, according to the translations I was reading on Twitter, were pointing out that Naito, if you remember the G1 match these guys had, Naito slowed that match down to a crawl. Yeah. And he beat Tanahashi, and Tanahashi had commented to the lead-up of this match that he admitted that that threw him off of his game, and that's the reason Naito beat him. And the commentators on both sides pointed out that that was a big mistake by Tanahashi pointing that out because then Naito was gonna, just going to do it again. And that was kind of the story here too, Naito mm-hmm. just slowing things down, which fits his gimmick. He's you know he's lazy and he slows things down. So that's kind of why the match didn't have the pace that I think people thought, look, that's Naito now. That's yeah, exactly. wrestle these guys. So, you know, he's not trying to go out there and have fast-paced four-and-a-half-star matches. He's working his gimmick. So, you know, there's that to consider, too. But as a segment from start to finish, I enjoyed the fuck out of all this. I thought this had a, it did a, great I job. Had a I mean, lot of it, juice. It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they debuted him and uh, Evil, you know, Watanabe or whatever. And and you're ready to go now. You want to see what he can do. I immediately want to see that Goto match, like you said. And, and Naito seems stronger, too, by having a guy. Like we always say, when, you, when you're going to have a character like this, you're going to have – you, you know, a, a real good heel. It's it's always good to have them have, you, you know, especially when they're sort of in a pseudo in a stable. You know, it's good to have those followers. Those guys are going to hang around with you or whatever. It always helps. It always, always, always helps. And it's it's going to be good because New Japan, the stables need a little bit of a reworking in a lot of ways. I mean, so, so many of them are so it's just a big malaise with like chaos and, and all those sort of ones. It, it's going to be nice to have kind of a new stable in here, new blood. And, and yeah, you're, we, you know, have some other guys that are on the way, too, because uh, I believe through the translations, Naito said that, oh, my big guy's not even here yet or whatever. Right. I think he. Watanabe I forgot what word he used. He used a word, Trejo, but I. I Trejo or yeah, that. Yeah, he's not quite here yet. So that's we assume is somber, correct? We're assuming it's going to be somber. Yes. Yeah, which will be cool. But yeah, that's good to know that. And that that you you build some anticipation there. We say, hey, this guy's really cool. But hey, I got another one up my sleeve. I got another trick. And that's yeah, you're just pumped to see what happens with this unit because it, it's fresh. And you know, Watanabe immediately injected into you know the the kind of the middle to upper mid card, and and that's that's awesome. Yeah, and that's what we talked about. We talked about you know getting new guys in there. This guy comes in, boom, one night he, he's ready to go, and that's that's going to be great. And I like, and we know he can work, and we know he can work too. So yeah, and I like that they're keeping both of them off the entire tour. Uh, Evil is not wrestling until the pay per view, and Naito is just not on the tour. Period. He, Naito said, "I'm not coming to power to the power show." Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> Did I'm he say sh- like I want to rest? Yeah, here. he said I'm not showing up. So 
Um, that's good too that they're holding them off. They're not having Evil wrestle in these tag matches the entire tour. And, and sh- look, you want to see this guy uh, sort of re-debut as his new self. You got to wait till Power Struggle. And I like that they're yeah. building that kind of anticipation. I liked everything about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I enjoyed the end too. Uh, now we get to the main event: IWGP Heavyweight Championship, of course. Kazuchika Okada defending his title against AJ Styles. Uh, you gave it four and a quarter. I think I gave it. four. For four and a quarter as well. I really, really like this. It wasn't a match of the year contender. It wasn't a blow away, but I think it did a great job. And and I saw some people that were a little disappointed by it. And I, I get that to an extent, but I think this was, you sort of got the sense about halfway through and then at the end that this wasn't a match that was these guys going out there to really have, you know, the best match they could possibly have. I think the story of this was Okada is just too good right now and is just the man and 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 styles just had nothing for him i mean styles time and time again would try different things and try to get the advantage and it was just like at the end of the day okada was just the better guy and they didn't need to have you know 17 kickouts and, and all this sort of stuff to prove i mean they just wanted to say hey look okada's really really good right now he's on a different level he's refocused he's the champion he, he knows he's good he's older he's wiser and and he's better and i thought that was the whole story here was that you know he, he didn't need to go neck and neck with styles he just needed to beat styles and he did uh, you said it way better than I you, – you nailed it. This is my exact thoughts on this match. This is what I wrote in the review. This wasn't about them going out there, like you say, and trying to have the best possible match. They've done that in the past, and mm-hmm. that wasn't what they were trying to do here. This They were telling the story here of this was Okada putting AJ Styles – firmly in his rear view as he moves on to Wrestle Kingdom and faces the next person that he wants to put firmly in his rear view in Tanahashi. Because the, the story of this match was Okada, basically the feeling you got out of, of this match coming out of it was Okada is clearly better than AJ Styles. That's, that was the story that they, that they set out to tell. And that's the story that they told. He had him beat about 10 minutes into the match with a Rainmaker and Carl Anderson made the save. Um, all throughout the match, AJ Styles was trying to um, uh, use the Styles Clash, and Okada had the answer every time. Yeah. To the point where it wasn't even – they never teased that he was close to hitting a style. Every time he tried to set up a Styles Clash, Okada would, would turn the tables on him during the setup. He didn't even get to the point where he teased using the move. Uh, a calf killer, too. Uh, the calf killer, he, he turned that one into a tombstone or whatever. Basically the same thing. It was like, yeah, you, you tried the submission. That's not going to work either. And then, you know, Styles went to the south. Yeah, it doesn't work either. And then he just beat right. him. And and, like, he got on him once and he made the ropes. And then when he went for it again, that beautiful reversal into the tombstone. I'm glad you that was crazy. I forgot about it. Just yeah. a beautiful reversal into the tombstone. And, yeah, the, the story here was I'm just better than this guy. And then he hit two or three short clotheslines on him. This was kind of reminiscent of that G1 final a couple years ago against Nakamura, where he yeah, was just hit like seven of them, got three of them, just like fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. There, where he, yeah, where he hit the where he hit that second emphatic rainmaker that he didn't even need to send the message. He hit two or three short clotheslines that weren't full out rainmakers on Styles, and then he hit the rainmaker on him, and he just pinned him clean in the middle. And yeah. I was like, wow, that was just an emphatic victory, and you know, it, and that's okay, you know, that doesn't hurt AJ. See, this is the kind of finish that WWE is afraid to do sometimes, that other companies are afraid to do sometimes because they're afraid it's going to damage the other guy. Right. This doesn't damage AJ Styles because he lost definitively to the best guy in the company. So what? You know, that, 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 that's, AJ Styles can come back on the next show and give somebody a, a Styles clash or a caveat and, and beat that. And, and he's, yeah, he's, like if Kyle O'Reilly just lost uh, to Jay Lethal. No, 
that's different. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I, I'm just like, oh, please don't start. Please, I'm just joking. That's a I know, I know, I know. Please don't start. I'm just I can explain to you why that's a completely no, different situation. No, please don't. Oh, okay. Because you have Kyle O'Reilly as a guy come. AJ Styles has been, is a two-time champion. Kyle O'Reilly is a guy coming up. If you beat him there, you're cutting him off. It's I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know, I'm just doing, I'm, I'm, would say, no, I'm, I'm sure I'm just, you know, playing the role of, of Twitter troll. Don't so fire me you. up. <laughs> so yes, Okada just proved he was better than AJ Styles here, which you want to do going in to the biggest match, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 4 is in the beginning of the year, but in reality, it's the end of the year event for them. It's where mm-hmm. it's, it's Everything culminates, and now you've you've set this scene where Okada has clearly defeated all comers, uh, and, and definitively, and now heads into the match against Tanahashi as strong as ever. Whereas last year he went into the Tanahashi match cocky and overconfident. The story now is he goes into that match as as not overconfident, not cocky, just a guy who has uh, has has fought from the beginning of the year and got through bad luck Fale and got through and won his title back and got through all these opponents. And now he's just uh, uh, just he, he's he's going into it with a completely different mindset than he did last year. Yeah, and I think it's important to, to to read a lot of the translations as well. I don't know if you have read what what Okada said after the show. Uh, but but and we try to put them in our, our our reviews as well. I forget the name, the fucking Twitter, the username. I I'm blanking on. It's like a bunch of. It's like E. Kiyoti is the. Yeah, it is Kiyoti. Okay, okay. I can't pronounce it. You'll see it in one of our reviews if you look. I will try to put it there a lot of times when it's relevant. But yeah, a, a lot of Okada. I mean, they they interviewed him and he basically said, yeah, you know, the past few G ones have not been, you know, or the past few uh, Wrestle Kingdoms. You know, I haven't enjoyed the end of those, or you know, I haven't enjoyed my past, you know. Wrestle Kingdom events with, with Tanahashi, but this one I will enjoy. I'm, I, I don't care about those. I'm worried about this one. And I'm gonna. I'm going to come out good on this one. And that's essentially what he said. Whereas, you know, the other previous years, you know, I'm better than him. I just know, you know, it, it really hasn't been that he's almost kind of the boring sports guy. Now, you know, he's just kind of given the stock answer of, of that. And that's, that's because that's the story they're trying to tell is that he's just, he, he's smarter. The, he's better. The he's, maturity he's and the growth. Of yeah, he's, him he's, as an he's gotten older. He's, yeah. he's a year older and a year smarter. And that's, that's, he's ready to win this time. He's ready to really, really take the crown and, and, and go with it. So that, that's, that's the story there. And, and I, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. And because I saw and that's that gets me to my kind of mini rant again. So, of course, we have Okada and Tanahashi in the main event here. Uh, we had people sort of saying, oh, God, these guys again and these guys again. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and I get it. Like, yeah, they, they fought each other a bunch over the years. But who? I mean, like, are you really that upset that a well-built, like a year-long, maybe multi-year arc, if you really want to, story of Okada and Tanahashi is going to main event at Wrestle Kingdom when you know the match is going to be fucking great and it's going to do good business? I, like how? What are you complaining about? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it must be so awful to have a, a well-built match that's going to be great main event, the biggest show of the year. You know, God, that sucks. It's it really is amazing. I, I <laughs> like, oh, it's terrible. Damn it, they've built this and it's going to be good and it's going to do good business. God damn it. I mean, have these guys ever let anyone down in any of their previous matches? No, everything's been great. It's been like fantastic. I mean, they've argued, but I mean, I've given them five stars three times, and I don't throw five stars around. Yeah. Oh, none of these matches have just been okay. I mean, it's not like that was over, and you're like, all right, (laughs) you know, Tanashi Okada, whatever. They've all been spectacular. Like, like the worst. I think the lowest rating I've given any of their matches is a flat four. I mean, you know, it's like you know, so you know the match is going to deliver. They're telling a fantastic story here. Like what? You're absolutely right. Like, what do you complain? You know, it's just one thing that I've realized. 
with the modern wrestling fan. And this really speaks to society as a whole and our short attention spans. And we're all guilty of it, Rich. Um, I can't stay off my phone. Um, I don't know about you. It's just it, as a society, it's it's a now, now, now. The one thing about wrestling is today, they cannot stand rematches in any form. And look, I'm not going to say that companies don't overdo rematches because they do. But I think sometimes, uh, you know, it's just the knee-jerk reaction to any and all rematches is that it's mm-hmm. the company being lazy or the company not, you know, it's like, look, um, it, it's not all rematches are bad. Not uh, not all ser- – look, Ishii Makabe four times in one year, bad. Tanahashi Okada eight times over the course of four years and twice over the course of three years. First of all, that's not even that much. For the two top Masao and Kabashi, how many times, Rich? Uh, I was uh, ten or twelve. I th- I forgot. I, I forgot exactly what it was. I think time. over four uh, years, uh, roughly a little bit longer, but about uh, I think it was ten or twelve. I, I'll have to find that tweet again. I oh. was actually looking for it as you spoke because I knew I knew where you were going with that, and I couldn't find it right away. But yeah, yeah, essentially between ten or twelve. I think ten, but but I could be wrong. All Either the, way, all the matches great. Four. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure people were just groaning. Oh God, Kobashi again. Really? I, I have to sit through Masawa and Kobashi again. I mean, these fuckers again. Oh. It, it, it's like in the finals of the Champion Carnival. Come on, they were just in the finals. No, like you know, knew the match is going to be great. And it's like you know that this match is going to be great. And the fact of the matter is, you know, late look a lot of the matches again between Tanahashi it was and ten Okada. Times, ten times in four years from '96 to 2000, it was ten times. And this will be the eighth. This will be the eighth in four years for, for these guys. And eighth in four years, but heavily weighted in the first two years because they went a whole year without facing each other. Faced each other once last year. I think it's only two times in the last three years when they when it happens this January, correct? Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, I, I think you're right. They didn't face each other in 2013. They faced each other January 4th last year, and they'll face each other <laughs> January 4th. Uh, I'm sorry, this year, and they'll face each other January 4th coming up. Yeah, you had a lot in 2012. You had a, quite a few in, in yeah. 2012. But yeah, I mean, it was all front loaded. So it's like, yeah. even from that perspective, they've wrestled less than Masawa and Kobashi did, which is the, and look, we're not just pulling that one out of our hat. That's, that's, the, that's the rivalry that they've been most compared to. So I think it's a fair comparison from that perspective, too. Um, and which, by the way, just to preface, because people are going to we don't mean that they're just as good. If you're if that threatens your, you know, all Japan that you loved or whatever, we mean that New Japan is building it as their X versus X. Oh, well, Rich, you know me. I'm a well-known all Japan hater. I, mean, I know. I, I'm just I you know, I'm just throwing it out. Yeah, there, there are people what? that are like, you're comparing Okada to Masawa. It, it, it's only my you know? favorite era of wrestling of all time. Yeah. I mean, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm a constant basher of Masawa and Kabachi, who I think are the two greatest <laughs> wrestlers you? to ever walk right. the face of the planet. And uh, yeah, so you know me. But um, yeah, but. And, but, you know, if, if we really want to poke the bear, I really don't think that this series of matches is all that far behind Masawa and Kabashi in terms of match quality. I really don't. I still give Masawa and Kabashi the edge. But I'll tell you what, if these guys go out there and have another five-star match, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, they have three more. They have three more to catch yeah, up. So maybe it's, uh, time, yeah, we'll it's see. time to put them on the same plane or at least – I mean I already think that they're close. I mean all the matches are great. But, I mean, it's really – look, they've had two matches in three years. It's not a lot. I mean, Makabe and Ishii, that's a lot of matches in a short period of time. So I'm not saying that, you know, uh, 
maybe we should just give all these companies a break for being lazy. Look, we've ripped Gato plenty of times for going to the well too many times with these rematches. WWE, it drives us nuts when they have a pay-per-view or whatever they call their big uh, – Randy Orton Sheamus. <laughs> and then the next night on Raw, they redo all the matches again. Yeah. That drives us nuts. So we're not, I'm not – listen, you know how the reaction is going to be to this show. Uh, they're giving a pay. Uh, Joe loves rematch. Not what I'm saying. People hear what they want to hear. But what I'm saying is not all rematches are bad. It's- yeah, and, and that's that was my argument. I mean, I'm, I'm one that, you, of course, you, you know me. I've been I've been arguing a lot about the, the Gato rematches and that sort of stuff. But but this is one that, come on. I mean, there, there's there's a story here that's been built for over a year. It, it Everything makes sense to this. I mean, you can argue, oh, I wish they would have waited another year. I thought they were going to wait another year to do that. But, you know, why bother? I mean, if, the, if this is what you wanted to do and this is the story, it's played out just fine. I mean, if it's this year or if it's next year, it, it doesn't matter. We, we know now it's this year. It's fine. It's been built well. Okada, you know, he, he went down. You know, he said, I'm still waiting for him to kind of develop a new move. I think that would be really cool. And I hope that that's what the story of Wrestle Kingdom is at one point. Maybe that, you know, we sort of mentioned, and I wrote that article last year after he lost at Wrestle Kingdom. And he mentioned, hey, I need something else. You know, it's not going to work. You know, I need to change what I do or whatever. You know, he went and he lost to Balak Fale. He went through all that sort of stuff. Then he built it up. You know, he got back to the title, did all this sort of stuff. I, I think that the the real cherry on top of this entire story would be, you know, during that match, he does the Rainmaker, Tanahashi kicks out and he goes, okay, now I have this. And then he busts out that move and that's how he wins or whatever. To me, that's perfect. That tells the exact story you want. And yeah, I mean, this isn't like every other rematch. There's more to this. There's more nuance to it. There's more builds. It's not just uh, who the fuck, uh, Tanahashi Okada, get in there. You know, we, we, we this is, it, it's been built up for a year. If you if you really read through the lines and, and read the promos and stuff. And I think I, I, maybe people aren't doing that or reading the translated promos. I think it's very important to do that. It'd be, you know, you're remiss. If you don't do that, I think you lose a lot of the nuance and you lose some of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of complaints I have. I mean, I, I've been I've been complaining like crazy about the Ishimakabe. I've been complaining like crazy about the Goto Nakamura. You, you know that on this show, I'm not going to do that for Tanahashi Okada. Like, it, it's, you know, there's so many things to complain about and, and, you know, for New Japan booking if you want. And that is so far down the list. It's not even on my list. Oh, God. It's, it's... If you want to complain about if you want to come here and, and spend, you know, and, and tweet at us or, or have write an article or whatever or go on the forums about Kushida losing the junior title, I will listen to you all day. I think that is absolutely stupid that he lost the title as quick as he did. I won't listen to it. What do you – you can't <laughs> – there's nothing here. Like what are you arguing about? I, yeah. What are you mad about? Who cares? Two like, ma- it, it's... it's two matches in three years too. I don't feel like this match is overdone. I don't feel like it's overdone and I, and, and I feel like it's the match that needs to happen. I feel like it would be yeah. Well, I, well, I put it down to that simple point that, that I started off and I'll probably end this thing with where, yeah, it, it, it really sucks to have a well-built match that's going to be great. Yeah, who, who wants to see that? And main event, a big show. And the fans are going to love it because they love these two guys because they're the two biggest superstars in their company right now. It's going to really suck to have that main event your your, 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 uh, your big show. It doesn't matter who the guys are. Just think about that. It, it's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. How many, I mean, it's been well-built. It's not just the throwing together, okay, oh, you know, well, Jesus. Tanashi and Nakamura, or Tanashi and Okada. Uh, yeah, we'll just do that again. It's not, it's not that. It's there's so much more to it than that. Four, so. four of the matches were in 2013, so half okay. half of them were in one year. So I mean, you know, it's like, and they 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 haven't they've wrestled once since October of two, uh, since since King of Pro Wrestling 2013. They've wrestled once. How is this overdone again? Yeah, that was the, that was the Watanabe. That, that's yeah, a nice little same show. A secular thing here. Yeah, so they wrestled once. In, in in exact in the last two years, and by the yeah. and by the time that the second match happens, it'll be in, in, in two years and in 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 uh twenty seven months they will have had two matches. In twenty seven yeah. months, this is overdone. 
<laughs> well, what's funny, you know, we, we mentioned the Watanabe thing. We, we talked about, oh, we got, he's been there, for, he's been gone forever, and he, we need a search party to find this guy, and it's the same length of time. And they've had one in between. That's then. an excellent point. You know, that's, 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 that's really, that really puts it in perspective, you know, and, and it, it's, it's, it, you know, so. Because we were, we were on this show, we've been like, oh my God, when are they going to bring Watanabe back? Like, save him from New Jersey. Like, it seems so long ago that guy departed and, and did that PWS Battle Royal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one time, in that entire time that that's happened, since Ta- Watanabe has done a, the Prostic Syndicate Battle Royal. Have these two guys faced each other? Yeah. It's, Once. It's... One match. And it was, <laughs> and, and it, and it was, it was, a- a tremendous match. It was it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And people are complaining that that, that, uh, that a year later they're going to do it again. And to complete a story. Now let me tell you something. If Tanahashi wins, me and Rich will be the first person. Come on, oh, that'll I'll tell be you that's the worst thing ever. Yep. So, Write it down. Favorite it. Do whatever so you want to do. Tanahashi has to win. I mean, it'd be mental for for Tanahashi to win again at this point. And and to stretch it out another year, then you're making a, a huge mistake. Now you're now okay. Now you're stretching it out too long. But I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's a ridiculous argument. I, you know, it's I, I don't know. I'm I'm completely with you there. All right, so uh, move on. Anything else uh, New Japan wise? We have Power Struggle coming up. Do you want to talk about that card here real quick? Yeah, it's actually you know, there's only been six matches announced, so I'm sure there's going to be more. So well, hopefully, because <laughs> it's. Well, let's see what we got. We got Nakamura Anderson, yeah. which is obviously just a placeholder defense for Nakamura, and it's because Okada is done with his title defenses for the year, and Tanahashi's done defending the case. So we're back to a show where the Intercontinental title is going to headline, which is why they went back to Nakamura, uh, because they know he can carry a show versus Anderson versus a guy who has no chance to win. Well, let me ask you, do you think Anderson has any chance to win? Yeah, I don't. But I mean, it it would be fun if he did. I think it'd be really good for his character because I like Carl. I think Carl Anderson's great. And I think he's a great singles worker. So I'd be all for it. But yeah, I I don't see it happening. No. So it's a placeholder. I put it at I put it about two percent happening, and I'd be I'd be stunned if it happened. But there's some other interesting stuff here. We have, of course, Ishii versus Hanma, which we've already talked about. We've got Goto versus Evil. You have Hanma winning that one, or you have Ishii? I think retaining? I think Ishii retains because Hanma beat him in the G1, so I think Ishii gets the win back here. And then it looks like it's going to be. See, I was hoping they'd do that match at Dome and have Hanma win and have the really awesome moment of Hanma winning the Never Title in the Dome. But it looks like Ishii, since it's a power struggle, I think Ishii will win, and I think that the long rumored Ishii Elgin Never match will happen at the Dome. Ooh, interesting. So okay. you know that's the direction I think they'll go with that, and I will enjoy the hell out of that. An Ishii Elgin match at the Dome. So I yeah, because people people had mentioned uh, Obushi as a potential one, but if you look at the match structure here, you kind of lose that. Yeah, we're about to talk about that. Yeah, uh, Goto versus Evil, which we talked about. I, I tell you, this might be my most anticipated match on the show. I can. Oh, fucking Wikipedia has it in in lowercase. I'm gonna uh, edit this right now if I can. So <laughs> you you run the rest of the show. I'm gonna edit this Wikipedia. So page you're the guy possible. who is the no, I'm not. No, uh, I, I, I Wikipedia editor. Oh, those people are those weird. Are man. Some of the weird, the two kind, the two weirdest people. Uh, uh, groups of people on the planet are Wikipedia editors and Yelp reviewers. Those are the two weirdest groups of people. Oh, Yelp reviewers are very weird. Yelp leaders. Yelp elite people. I, 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 I'm fine with people who want to put a little thing that's here That's exactly there. what I mean. Like, yeah. when I'm talking about these people who take their Yelp reviewing very seriously. Right. Those people are complete mentals. It's I, a fucking novel about the restaurant. I walked in and but, but <laughs> upon Rich, here's arriving. the thing. It's not it, – they'll do it for like a McDonald's. 
Yeah, I walked in and the, the beige and red immediately struck my eyes, and I was like, "Fucking Francis, they're, they're breaking man. down Burger King fries." Like, yeah, take, fucking walk in on, and get man. the salted fries and get the hell out it's of there. Taco Bell. We don't need the Yelp review. We've all been there. We know what we're getting into. There's this. There's a Yelp reviewer in Texas who who because uh, you know I'm in the restaurant business, so I got yeah, yeah. I have to be up on these things. He Yelp reviews airport kiosk food. <laughs> Kill I yourself. swear to God, I'm gonna send, just seriously drink bleach. Like, come on, man. I'm gonna send do? you the link to this guy. He's got. Please do. I'd love to see it. He's got like yeah. twenty thousand Yelp reviews on his. This Sabaro had an exceptionally greasy pepperoni pizza. But, like, I'm fucking Rich, course, Rich not even that. Like, he reviews like you know in airports where there's vending machines with sandwiches. Oh my God. Like he he Yelp reviews that. Like that stuff oh, or right. like the newsstands where you can grab like, you know, a, a peanut butter and jelly that was made three days earlier. That's sitting, yeah. that's sitting in like a tub of ice. Like he reviews that. He Yelp reviews those things oh, like oh, in well, airports. That's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, here we are. We're doing a four hour podcast about Japanese professional wrestling. So who are we to talk? But what kind of time do you have on your hands? <laughs> where you're Yelp reviewing. I feel like we're better than that. I feel like uh, overall, I mean, I'm, I'm a giant geek. And, and yeah, like you said, we do all this sort of stuff. Where, but I feel like I'm better than that. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. But uh, so where did I leave off here? Oh, Goto versus Evil as you uh, Wikipedia edit Evil's name. And then we've got uh, Styles. And here's the things that get interesting or where you could really look forward to see kind of what they're forming for the dome. Styles and Bad Luck Fale versus Toru Yano and Yoshihashi. Now, we don't know the match order yet because there's only six matches on this show. There's two trains of thought here. Okay. The, the two trains of thought, and then, of course, it's Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi versus Okada and Sakuraba. Yeah. There is the one train of thought that Kota Ibushi is going to challenge Nakamura. He's going to pin Sakuraba and then challenge Nakamura at the end of the show. There is the other train of thought that I agree with, which is that AJ Styles is going to challenge Nakamura at the end of this show after he delivers a Styles class to Yoshihashi. Which side of the fence do you fall on, or is your answer neither? I'm with the AJ Styles one as well. And that's one we predicted, you know, what, what, two months ago or two or three months ago. We just kind of said, hey, looking at the dome and looking at the guys and looking at, you know, the, the hierarchy or whatever, there's two guys that don't have anything to do. And now it seems like they've, you know, AJ's kind of done with the world title for a little bit now. Nakamura's got the title back. You know, it, it, it makes too much sense to have those two guys with really nothing to do right now. It makes too much sense to have them go together. So th that's where I, that's, I, I, I believe that that would be the direction. It's just screaming to me. That AJ Styles, because he's in such a meaningless match on this show, and the fact of the matter is, I think there's more directions that you can go with Ibushi than you can go with Styles at the Dome. There's a lot of different things you can do with Ibushi. You could have him face Ishii for the Never title. You can have him be in a six-man with Goto and Shibata against Naito and his boys. You know what I mean? There's different things you can do with Ibushi. There's not a lot of different ways you can go with Styles. Really, the only other direction you can go with Styles is if he wins the ROH title from Lethal and he defends the ROH title against somebody. But right, right. And that's the too. other theory that we've mentioned as well. But. but here's the thing, too. He could win the ROH title and still face Nakamura as ROH champion. Maybe not. Yeah, exactly. Nakamura challenges for that title. Or, you know, you know, so I don't know. I just feel like... I, I, do you think they would repeat both top matches from last year? And I don't. Because then, I'd be shocked. Because then what did. do you do with Styles then? Yeah, because then Styles has nothing to do, and it, it just seems too weird that he goes from world title to just nothing. You, you know what I mean? Like, 
Like literally nothing. Cause there's no, I mean, like you said, there's you can't have a face like a Godo. I mean, is he going to face Godo? I mean, like, what is that? How do you get to there? Like, what do you do for that? Or, or, you know, do you have him? Br- the only thing you could possibly do is if something happened in the bullet club and he, you know, Hey, you guys didn't come out and help me or something, you know, anything like that could happen. But the booking of this doesn't really indicate that. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't, nothing really works there for me. And, and, you know, I, I just think they're not ready to do that yet either with him. So yeah, you, you, there's really nothing. I mean, he would have literally nothing to do that would be of any substance. And, and it just, seems too weird because he's you know three months out from you know holding the title and he's just going to have a you know a in, in innocuous you know singles match with goto or a tag match with the bullet club like there's going to be something more there so yeah the, 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 the nakamura thing just makes too much sense and it just feels like there's too many other it, kabushi has other, more options than styles does if they don't put him with nakamura and i like um you know and the other thing is let's look at this from a business perspective they need that that second big match and, and what's bigger right now than styles nakamura it's the match yeah exactly seen. And mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm in favor of putting that as the as a, a semi main event on the dome rather than main eventing another pay per view with it because I think it's more important to fill the dome than it is to look you're gonna fill the new beginning ninety percent capacity no matter you know what I mean you can put something else on a show like that for the dome you really got to load it up this isn't like WrestleMania where the name is just gonna put sixty thousand people in there you've got to you have to deliver a card to draw. When it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. So I think Nakamura Styles just makes way too much sense. So I guess we're on the same page with that. That's what you think is going to go down? Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I, I think so. So then where? Do you, so then, what do you think they do with Ibushi then at that point? <laughs> I mean, now, I, I'm do kind you, of done figuring out what to do with it. I think Ibushi's just kind of there. I mean, I know a lot of people. I think there, there's plans, I think, at some point to do something with them. But more and more, I'm just kind of thinking as we're getting there, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think the never thing happens. And, and I think, at least from what we know of the match structure now, and I don't know if this is set in stone with his match structure, but the way it, it, it rests now, he's after the, the never title match. So that doesn't make sense that he would get a pinfall and challenge. We have no idea if that's a finalized one, but I'm led to believe that that's probably, this is at least somewhat accurate to what we're going to see. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see the never open title for him either. I just kind of see him doing stuff. I, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to tell. It, see, it's, I think there's a lot of options with him that you don't have with Styles. You can do a singles match with Naito. You can do a match with Sakuraba. You can do a uh, trios match uh, with with uh, with Goto and Shibata to face uh, Naito and, and, and a couple of his goons. You can do a never title match with Ibushi. I see more options with him. Um, I, do you think being opposite of Sakuraba in this tag is any clue towards that kind of direction. Possibly, yeah. The Sakuraba thing is going to be an interesting question, though, because he's got that MMA show, what, is like the day before, the day after, whatever. I, I forgot the exact... Um, it's like I'm not up on my before. Japanese MMA, but yeah, it's 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 soon. So yeah, I, I wonder if Sakuraba is going to be there. For Do we know for a fact? I mean, I, well, I mean, I'd assume we, he'll we, try, but... He's, he's definitely fighting on New Year's Eve. No, no, I know that for sure, but yeah, as far as this show, I mean... Well, it's a risk. I mean, because if, well, here's the thing. If he's facing Shinya Aoki and it's not exactly going to be a, look, it's not going to be Chuck Liddell, Rampage Jackson. You know, it's not going to be a striking affair. These guys are grapplers. But there's always the possibility of torn ligaments, things like that, where he won't be able to wrestle four days later. It would be very risky to book him for a pro wrestling match four days after a fight against a guy who's going to beat him. So that. It's it's a risky proposition, so I, I don't know. I mean, they they you know. So l- let's say for the sake of the argument, though, the plan is Kota Abushi versus Sakuraba. Do you have a problem with that match? Do you um, like that match? Do you dislike that match? You know what? The Sakuraba delivers at the dome, so no, I, I like it. 
I do. I don't like Sakuraba like in most. Too. I don't like him in most scenarios, but I mean, if Ibushi can get a, a singles match, I think that's the biggest thing I want out of him. This Wrestle Kingdom is get a big singles match, uh, presumably get a big win. And, and Sakuraba always delivers at, at Kingdom. So you know what? As much as I kind of rail on him and old, old, you know roll my eyes every time I see him, man, in a singles match at that dome, he delivers like crazy. So it, it'd, be, it'd be silly for me to say that I wouldn't look forward to that because I would. And do you do you think that that would be a solid win for Ibushi? To beat a guy. Uh, solid enough. I mean, not like spectacular, but I think it'd be good. I mean, Sakuraba holds some weight still. Uh, I mean, a, a singles win, a definitive singles win against him, it's, it's still worth something. I mean, it's. I, I don't know if it's quite the level that I want for Ibushi, but I, I think, you know, if that's the story of, okay, let's, you know, now let's build him up or whatever after this, maybe that's the first stepping stone or whatever. It's a good stepping stone, but it's so hard to get a read on what they think of Ibushi right now. And I, I'm, I'm kind of done doing it because it's just, it, it's not worth the trouble right now until you know what New Japan thinks of him. And I think, you know, depending on where he's at at Kingdom, we'll kind of see if he's just in a meaningless tag match. I mean, I think that's pretty good read that, hey, look, they don't really think he's much. But, it, you know, if he's in a singles match and beat Sakuraba, I think it's a decent, I think it's a decent win for him. An Ibushi Sakuraba singles match would be no worse than fourth from the top. It'd probably be third from the top, realistically. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good supporting match. I mean, it's a good singles match as long as Ibushi's in a singles match against you know somebody of some merit. I, I think it's fine. And, and Sakuraba is one of those guys. Naito would be a bigger match. That would be really cool. I'd be really, really into that. But it looks like, yeah. See, it's tough to tell. This is why the World Tag League is more interesting this year because we need to see what Naito does with Sombra if it is going to mm-hmm. be Sombra. We need to see if Goto and Shibata win the damn thing. Now more than ever, we really need those tag titles off of Anderson and Gallows. Because there's a lot of interesting things that they can do. And unfortunately, two of these guys that we're talking about, whether it's Naito, Sambra, Abushi, Goto, Shibata, whoever, uh, these guys that we're talking about who have unclear paths, two of them are going to be wasted in a match with Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I mean, two yeah. of these guys are going to that. It's, it's going to be Shabbat and Goto again, isn't difference. it? I I don't know. You, it seems like they're headed to a feud with with Naito and his uh, and his boys. So I, I, I don't yeah. know. It's possible. But then who faces Anderson and Gallows? I don't know. Just, uh, just an ROH team, the, the Briscoes. What about <sighs> what if the Briscoes win the World Tag League and face Anderson and Gallows? That would that would free up okay. all these other guys to face each about other. The addiction. Christopher Daniels, Frankie well, we, know the, we know the addictions that are the, the Briscoes are pretty much locked in too, right? I, I don't know if it's been officially confirmed, but yeah, I, I think there's been rumblings if I remember correctly. I, I don't know. I, I, we can't, I only a hundred percent confirm them, but I know Dave, I think did Dave mention them a little while ago. I'd have to look in that observer. I, I don't recall. I know for a fact the addictions and I know a few of the other teams as well, but I, I don't remember if the Briscoes were like a hundred percent confirmed. So we'll have to see. And we'll have to see if AJ yeah. Styles wins the Ring of Honor title from Lethal. So there's still a lot of moving parts. This year, more. Yeah. look, by this time last year, I'm pretty sure we pretty much knew about everything. Or knew kind of what was coming at the end of Power Struggle, at least. There's a lot of variables at play here. Mm-hmm. Um, before we forget, Stryker and Kelly. Overall yes. thoughts on Stryker and Kelly? Um, They were okay. I think just okay. Uh, Stryker, you know, people get... I think people get a little too eye rolly with him, and and yeah, he's he'll say his little cringy things or whatever. And I think Dave did a good job in the Observer this week of of basically breaking down 
what makes you know why, why so many people dislike Stryker's style or whatever. It's and this more than ever, it was him sort of talking to a group uh, like a niche of fans, like him and his buddies watching the wrestling together or whatever. You, you know, I got that feeling like he knew there was only five thousand Americans watching, so he was kind of tongue in cheeky, shouting guys out, doing that sort of stuff. I don't let it bother me that much. To me, it's not that big of a deal. I thought he was okay. I think he added a little bit to it. I thought Kelly was nothing. I thought Kelly was an absolute zero. You could have had a brick wall there. You could have had Stryker doing it on his own. Like Kelly just added nothing. Didn't really look like he did any of the research going into the show. He was fine for what he did. I mean, Kelly is, is good at sort of letting the action sort of breathe a little bit and, and sort of telling you what's happening in the ring to an extent, but it seemed like he was just out to lunch. Didn't know the nuances of stuff. Didn't really know the stories. Didn't know all that sort of stuff. And I thought that suffered a little bit. I thought Stryker was fine. I mean, he will do those few cringy things every so often, but I don't let it bother me much anymore. I kind of enjoy it. I, I like that he's passionate about it. And that passion kind of comes through, and and then it makes me passionate about it as well because it is he 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 commentates like you're watching it with him, and he you know or he's you know with a bunch of buddies who have maybe only watched a little bit a few New Japan shows, and he's trying to cool them in on stuff or whatever. That that's a vibe I get from him, and I I don't mind him that much. But Kelly, I thought was an absolute zero and just added nothing to the show whatsoever. The vibe I get from Stryker is that he would do it for free. He 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 likes what he's doing. He enjoys yeah. it, and and he just loves wrestling. And, um, you know, we're always labeled the striker apologist. I, I look, I, he's not nearly as bad as people say he just isn't. And, and look, he does say GI rolly things at times. I thought he didn't say anything particularly cringy or eye rolly during show. And, you know, and, and, and there were people picking in the hardcores or nitpicking. Oh, he didn't know the name of this move. And, uh, you know, this look, man. I watch every single New Japan show <laughs> know shit, that yeah. comes on, and I don't know the, the Japanese names for these movies. Who gives a flying fuck? Who cares? You know, as long as, you, as you're calling the move, who cares if he, if he called the move by its American name? Instead? I, I, I think, why would that bother anybody? I, it, I understand that it does. I just don't understand why. Who cares? That stuff has never bothered me, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the very first match, he confused Komatsu with Tonaka, okay? But – and I was like, oh, man. He doesn't even know the difference between these two guys. But then, uh, you know, later in the match, he got it straight. I think he genuinely just got them confused because they were all just flying around the ring in the first 30 seconds mm-hmm. of the match. I don't think he didn't know which was which because later in the match, he knew which was which. And he didn't – and he knew every, who everybody else – like Dave picking on him for calling Yoshihashi Hashi. I mean, he, I didn't think I thought that was just him doing a shorthand because Yoshi Hashi is too many syllables. So he thought exactly. Hashi was just an easier way to get it out there. Because Dave was like, oh, he thought that was his first name or his last name. I thought he just said Hashi as in, hey, look, it's just way easier to say Hashi when I want to. And I, I don't think I knew who he was talking about. It wasn't like, oh, my God, unbelievable. Like, like, do you get really upset when? Like, yeah, I thought that was silly. Again, such a nitpick. Who cares? I agree with you. I thought it was just a shorthand version of saying Yoshi Hashi. You're just calling him Hashi like a nickname, like calling him Hashi. I didn't have a problem with that at all. I thought Stryker gave a lot of good history. I thought Stryker stayed away from a lot of his cringier aspects. In fact, I didn't roll my eyes once at him all. He usually gives you one or two of those moments. I don't think he did here. I actually think Stryker was actively good calling the show. I agree with you. I wouldn't call him great. I wouldn't call him spectacular. But I thought he was good. I thought he did a good job. Uh-huh. Uh, Kelly, I'm right with you. Kelly was just there. He was a nothing. He was a zero. He was just – but look, that's Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly Yeah, exactly. Kelly if you're not, not used to that, that's what you're going to get, yeah. I mean he's just – he's a professional broadcaster who goes out there and he gives you a, a C-plus effort every time, and that's what he gave you here. I don't think he 
took away from the broadcast. I don't think either one of them took away from the broadcast. I don't think I don't know if they necessarily added to the broadcast or made or made things better, which you could argue it's their job to do. But uh, you know, it's it's he was Kelly was just there. He did he was inoffensive. Um, overall, I thought they were better than the than Wrestle Kingdom. I do because I thought there were moments in Wrestle Kingdom, particularly in the first half of the show, where Ross really took a while to find his footing. Yeah. I thought Ross was kind of bad in the first few matches. I don't think this group these, and I thought Striker walked all over Ross a lot during Wrestle Have Kingdom. You, yeah, and I think he he sensed that he had to kind of do that too. It yeah. was just an uneven. Those two just did not have good chemistry whatsoever. I think there there was a lot of unevenness there. I thought Stryker and Kelly, there was a few points where they were kind of talking over each other, but they, they kind of got the flow there. I, I think Stryker sensed that Jim Ross was in over his head, and there was points, you know, especially we, we talk about that, that junior tag match where Jim Ross just at one point, you could tell, like, Stryker probably saw Jim Ross's eyes, which were probably the size of fucking grapefruits, and said, okay, I'm just going to take over here because you have no idea what's going on or whatever. But, no, I, I, I'm right with you. I think... You know, I thought the Ross Stryker thing was just a very uneven, un- weird sort of thing. There was no vibe. You could tell that they were kind of frustrated by the lack of, of direction from from the, the the studio or from the truck or whatever. Like they weren't, they didn't really know what was going on. It seemed like this was a much co- more coordinated effort between those guys and a much more coordinated effort of, of getting you know Kelly and Stryker at least. You know, they introduced them on the show. It seemed like they were at least getting they some were, help. I feel like some, they were yeah. produced on some level. Whereas yeah, you could sense that. Ross more. and Stryker were just like sitting at the kids' table, and New Japan didn't give a fuck about anything Global Force was doing or producing. Yeah. Oh no, and you can sense that too. Have you actually have you gone back and watched any uh, matches with Ross and Stryker Only since the, that original no, day? I only watched it once. Yeah, it's really it, it's it's even worse in retrospect. That's it's what I really mean. I, I I honestly feel like Kelly and Stryker were better. Yeah, I, I went back and watched that uh, the the Ibushi uh, Nakamura match with with Ross and Stryker because initially when it happened, I think I the day of I think I watched the Japanese feed and then I went to uh, the Squared Circle on that Sunday night and watched the American feed, yeah. but we couldn't really hear it all that well. So this was my first time of just sitting down and listening to them call the match. It's really not very good. Like it's it, that match I was watching. I was like, oh, they really took away from this match. Like that's my one of my favorite matches of the year, and I was so ready to because one of my buddies was like, hey, what's your favorite Japanese? You know, I'm trying to get into this, and I said, here's this one. Oh, and it has American commentary. So we watched it, and he went, yeah, that was okay. And I said, no, it's 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 much better than this. I don't. What's going on? Like what's wrong? Like and, and that was their commentary was so bad. It like actively hurt that match. Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, Ross improved as the night went along, and I I think he did a good job in the main events. Uh, but I, I thought early in the show is where he really struggled, and where and I thought Kelly and Stryker had better chemistry than Ro- I thought Ross and Stryker didn't have very good chemistry. No, they weren't. Yeah, and 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 I could see that too. I could sense that from the beginning that those two uh, wouldn't really get along all that well. But yeah, I'm, I'm maybe we're Stryker apologists. I don't know. My idea with him is I've never. You know, if you want that professional broadcaster or whatever, you want that, you know, the old school wrestling announcer, the guy that was used to be a newscaster and now he's doing wrestling or the old weather guy that's doing wrestling. Like, he's not that. He's your buddy that watches a lot of wrestling, you know? Yeah. He's your buddy with a good voice who watches a lot of wrestling. No, he's no different than if I, for whatever reason, got a gig as, as an announcer. I would probably, I'd be just like him. Here's the other thing, you too. Know? I don't need these guys to be talking to me. Because I'm paying for it, and I'm buying it, and I'm watching it. I'm never going to listen to them again. The next show, I'm going to go probably back to the Japanese. I just wanted to get a feel for these guys. But the, the thing is, um, I, through the eyes of someone who maybe bought New Japan World because they were like, okay, cool. I've never seen New Japan. Here's all this hype. It finally has English commentary. That was has been my barrier all along. Or someone who hasn't watched since Wrestle Kingdom, and they said, "All right, great. Finally, they're they're. I'll give this a shot because it's only going to cost me eight dollars and fifty cents." 
to me, these guys didn't hurt the show at all in the eyes of a fan like that. I thought that they did a perfectly competent job for that type of fan because I'll tell you what, I thought Kelly and Stryker also hit off on most of the major key points in these matches and got across. Right. They didn't go into deep, ungodly detail. Like, you know, and people want to, oh, talk about how this guy in his eight years or whatever. I mean, you don't nobody need wants to that. Do that. You don't need right. to do that. Look, if they would have done that, great. That would have been awesome. But you don't need to do that. For you. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. That's what I mean. But they, they definitely got across. Look, they knew what was coming up next for Hanma. Uh, Kelly, Kelly was a little lost on the Naito thing, but Stryker was up on all the storylines. Stryker was laying out what was coming up in the future for everybody, what the wins meant, what the losses meant, why the guys who were facing each other were, were facing it. I thought they did a good job laying those things out. I thought if, if I was a first-timer or a casual who hasn't watched since Wrestle Kingdom, that uh, they did a good job setting me up for the matches and setting me up for what was coming up. I don't know. I just – look – I, I get the striker hate, but I just don't agree with all of the striker hate all the time. I understand why yeah. people don't like them, but I also do think it's kind of a thing where it's kind of almost become shit people say. Because on a show like this, he really wasn't that bad, and his bad traits weren't out there, but people still piled on because piling on the match striker is just the thing that you do. And yeah. And Dave Meltzer hates him. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, that's yeah. There's something more. And there, that might, we don't know. Well, I'll tell you, some of it might look Stryker is a Mike Johnson guy. We all know that. So yeah. that might have something to do with it. Um, I don't know. But I, I don't think Dave is petty like that in any way. I, I, I like to think that he's not anyway. So he, he beat him out for the Wrestle Kingdom job, which that way. Can you imagine like Dave mentioned that that he was in the running for that? Can you imagine that would Dave Meltzer. I mean, I like Dave. The worst but... part about it is he said he would have done it, and not from the perspective of I thought it was really silly when people were saying, "Oh, well, that there goes his journalistic credibility." Come on, it's it's pro wrestling. Relax. I mean, he's calling a pro wrestling match. It's not a big deal. But um, I thought it would have been a bad idea from the perspective of um, he would he would have been in a no win situation, and he's an awful talker. And he, he would have went on for 45. The match would have been over and he would still be talking about some point that didn't matter. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it, he it, it was a no win situation. It would have been. It's not easy to do, too. That's that's the other thing. And yeah, I mean, the striker. Yeah, I, I, every every we come here almost every month and defend striker. I don't know if we necessarily have to do it again. I mean, yeah, it would have been great to have more Ronaldo and, and, and Josh Barnett. But it, it there's more to it than that. It's just not just, oh, New Japan airs on T- Access TV. Why don't they get those guys? I mean, there's you got to know more. There's more to well, it. Well, they don't that. work for New Japan. They work, exactly. They work I mean, there's so much TV. little nuance. Stuff. I mean, right. they work for Access TV. Just, and TV, I see. I mean, that's that's who they work for. It's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that deal isn't even through New Japan. It's through the television station. And they, Kevin Kelly's there a lot for the Ring of Honor thing. It's just whatever. Absolutely. I mean, who cares? Kelly was an actual guy. And I mean, you know, it's, it's like – and 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 the other thing is, look, I'm not look. You know, you know how I feel about Morrow and Barnett. They're the best. They're the best in the business. Of course, I would have rather have had them call the show. But I'll tell you what, too, they get to do it on tape. Right, and they get a lot of prep. Let me tell you. Yeah, they, I know they get a lot of prep, and they do it. On tape. I don't do it. I just I I'm and, I, I know somebody who does, and trust me. And and honestly, and all these guys get prep, by the way. <laughs> okay. Right. But but uh, but they. They have the advantage, though, of doing it on tape. They're not doing it live. That's a whole other animal. And look, Mauro Ranallo is a professional broadcaster who does a wide variety of sports, and I have no doubt he'd do a tremendous job live. I don't, oh, I don't know about Barnett, but there's no question it's easier to do on tape than to, than to do it live. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. But, yeah, of course I'd rather them do it. But I, I didn't think these guys dragged down they the show fine. at all. They were fine. They were just there. They were okay. They weren't good. They weren't bad. 
All right, so we got a lot of different directions to go here. You want to stick in uh, Japan or you want to go to America? At least Match Striker. One more thing. Okay. One more thing. At least Match Striker has enough class <laughs> to thank his spotter on the air. And right out of the gate. Right gonna, out of the gate. And I'm just going to leave it at that. At least he's got the class to recognize his spotter if yep. we're talking about preparation and things of that nature. So. Right out of the gates, too. I was like, oh, man, really? Well, look, look, regardless of what we think of his spotter, <laughs> right. that's not even what I'm talking about. I don't even want to get into all that. No, I know, I know, I know. But, but, but I, yes, it is, it is very classy to say, this man did a lot of the work that helped me get here, so I will thank that's him. A cla- that's a classy yeah. move. Right. That's all I have. Yeah, a little classy move is nice. He does it on Twitter, too. It's, it's, it's nice to have your work rewarded and, and appreciated. It sure so. is. Now we can move. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to go Japan or do you want to go to America? We, got, we can stay in Japan or we can go to America. Uh, let's see. Well, what's our American? No, let's save that one to, to the end. Let's, uh, okay. let's move on to, uh, to Pro Wrestling Noah. Hot Pro Wrestling Noah. You said I, you, you, you tweeted out, we wanted to, I want to talk Pro Wrestling Noah. Here's your, your forum. I'm all in on Pro Wrestling Noah right now. It's hot. It's it's it feels. I I don't know. And again, people, oh the god, the business isn't. Da, da, da. I don't know anything about the. I, I I haven't really researched it. I don't know that stuff. Just in general, watching the past few shows, it feels like it's it's something's brewing here. Guys are guys feel more motivated. The crowd seems more into it. It, it there something's happening here. It, it it's good. They're on the they're definitely on the right path. I'll say it. I'll leave it again. At that. Maybe it speaks to our nature of just we're in an impatient society now. But this angle is only ten months old, and. Um, you know, it, it's 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 really starting to to like you. It's a Suzuki gun invasion angle, by the way, in case people. Yeah, Suzuki gun invasion angle. Sure. And um, you know, what did you think? This nine nineteen show is is what we're going to base this around. But we're going to give Noah general thoughts as well. But did you watch the entire show? That's my. I watched the entire thing. Yes. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I initially watched it when the first came out, and then because you said you were so hyped about, it, I rewatched it uh, today and 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 yesterday. So yeah, I, I'm. This... I'm all caught up on it. I've, I've I got everything down. It it was the, the one of the best, I, easily the best Noah show I've seen this year. Like so far and away, I can't even name number two. I think it was one of the better shows period of the year, and I think that um, it's not my show of the year or anything like that. But it, it's it would it it'd be in the conversation of a top five, I think. Um, and I think this was a rich crate special because everything was at minimum good. Yep. There's nothing bad. When the worst stuff. matches, when the worst match is a Marufuji match, that you know it's pretty good. Like... And I'll tell you what. I really like that, and I'll tell you – let's start with that match since you brought it yeah. up. The reason I really like that match is because Atsushi Katoge is a guy who once or twice a year, for whatever reason, because he's brain dead, is willing to go into a match and just get the living shit kicked out of him. He's always been that way, and this was this was a match where he went in there and got the, the living shit kicked out of him by a heavyweight, and it set up Marafuji for the Global League uh, perfectly, I thought. Yeah. Because he went in there and just fucking murdered this guy for 15 minutes. I mean, it wasn't even competitive. I mean, he was playing around with him. Yeah, it was a ragdoll. He was just tossing him on his finger. Like, it was, yeah. So, from a storytelling perspective, I really enjoyed the match. Oh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it too. I, I meant, I, I didn't mean that as in, I meant that that was the worst match for me of the night. And that's not, I mean, that's. Right. I still enjoyed it. I mean, that's how I can tell that it's, it's one of my, the shows that I love where just everything is good. Right. So. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and, and another match that really stood out for me, which shocked the shit out of me because I thought I was going to like the match, and I did like the match, but I liked, but it was completely different than I thought it was going to be, and that was Shelton Benjamin versus uh, Nakajima. Yeah. Oh, God. That was – Which – Grumpy Shelton. We didn't know. <laughs> we never knew. But. If we can get this Shelton Benjamin for the rest of his career, I mean, he, he – 
he'd have a, a, another run in a major company in him. If, yeah, I don't know who pissed him off on the way out of the curtain, but it was whoever did needs to do that every single time he's on. He was just wait. smug and grumpy and just an asshole. And it's like he was channeling Minoru Suzuki in this match. And he was just, like you said before with the Marafuji, he was just ragdolling Nakajima, picking him up and just swinging him into the ring barricades, which was vicious. Um, you know, uh, it, it just it, this was grumpy veteran asshole. Yeah, was, I hate the world. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. And it was great. Literally murdering Nakajima, like like really just like destroying him all around the ring. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was. And, and that's what we talk about again, where it's, it's sometimes it's fun to have these matches where these guys just definitively win as well. It's really cool where you kind of see the story. You see Shelton Benjamin didn't have to go back and forth. It didn't have to be a ton of different kickouts and that sort of stuff. It was Shelton. The story was, hey, Shelton Benjamin's a grumpy ass kicker and he's not taking any shit. So he beat the hell out of Nakajima. Like, you know, and Nakajima got more offense than Katoge did. And, and this match had a kind of a hot closing stretch. Um, but, you know, and, and but Shelton really brought it here. This was easily yeah. someone had mentioned this. And apologies to whoever it was, but they're right. But someone on Twitter when we were talking about this match said this was easily the the best Shelton Benjamin match since that Shibata G1 match that he had a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely right because Shelton Benjamin has been a complete non-entity during this. He's been a skip. He, I, I've started to skip him as of late on any know thing I've seen. And now I can't anymore. I gotta guess I got to go back. So Yeah, and, and, and this was this. Yeah, so it's weird because we kind of started – in the middle of the show with the two, uh, with the Marafuji and the, and the Benjamin match, the first half of the show was uh, tag league matches for the most part. And they were all excellent. I, you know, I, well, maybe excellence is a strong word. They were all very good. The tag league matches on the first half of the show, uh, all of those junior tag matches, uh, were fun. I even thought the eight man opener was okay. I didn't have any, problem yeah, with the eight man really opener. Good. No, the eight man opener was great. And the, the, the Billy Ken kid Buffalo, uh, versus uh, Kimono and, uh, uh, super Dra- or super crazy rather. That was really fucking good. I, I Billy Ken Kid's a really I, I'm really impressed by him, and he's what 41, 42 years old. And this match, and it, you, you'd think he's you know 25 the way he was moving around. It was so so good. Yeah, super crazy. Yeah, he can still go. And I, I meant Billy Ken Kid. Uh, oh, Billy Ken Kid. Yeah. Yes, I meant he. He was the one that impressed. Billy Ken Kid in Black Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Billy Ken Kid in Black Buffalo. Those are two uh, Osaka Pro guys, along with right. Masamune, who teams with. IG is from Ori. And yeah, those guys are in their early 40s, if I'm not mistaken. No, they are. Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. I was like, how old is Billy Ken Kid? Is he really a Billy Ken Kid? And no, he's 41 or 42. So he's he's not a kid at all. But yeah. Because you know, Osaka Pro wasn't just all, you know, goofy comedy. It wasn't just, you know, a bunch of Ebison comedy matches. There were, you know, I, that was one of my guilty pleasures when they were, you know, still pumping out their, their weekly TV show years ago. And guys like Billy Ken Kid and Black Buffalo, you know, they can go in the ring. They were, they were, they were good workers. So, um, and I thought on this whole tour, all the stuff that I've seen from the, from the Osaka guys, they've done very well. And with Osaka Pro really not existing anymore, I hope that these guys catch on to Noah. Why not? You know, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's, it adds some nice roster depth. Absolutely. Sure. Add them to the mix. You know, I have no problem with that. So yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Yoshinari Ogawa and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, beat Masamune and Taiji Ishimori in another um, uh, uh, junior uh, tag league match. And <laughs> they're really an underrated tag team, Ogawa and Sabre Jr. You know, last year they did the gimmick where they were kind of like feuding partners, but they never officially broke up, which I thought was a lot of fun. And look, when you have two workers of that caliber, you know, you, you know, they're always going to put in decent performances, but they make a good team, too, with like the older veteran, and the young guy, and they come from different worlds. It's like an odd couple team. 
and I always enjoy their stuff. So yeah, the, the junior tag matches were good. Uh, the middle portion of the card we already talked about, but Rich, it was really the, the, the last four matches on this show where this show just went from to another level where yes. from a nice little show to a show of the year contender. Yes. Which by the way, one of those is Maybach Tanakushi and Azuka, which is if you're, if you're doing, if you're looking at the card and you're going less four, wait a minute, <laughs> not that fourth one. There's no way. Oh, there's a way. God damn it. Go out of your way. <laughs> that might be one of my favorite matches all year. I mean, it's not going to make my top 10. That but was, like... I, you know, I think a good comparison for people, it was a, it was a, a plunder match. Okay, lots of weapons and 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 tables and blood and mask ripping and everything else, which I love because it started from the beginning, from like the moment those the bell rang and those fuckers were just like, let's just kill each other, and they, they started ripping the masks right away. It wasn't like let's build to that, let's do this, and then it broke down. It was like, okay, you get a weapon, I get a weapon, we'll just fucking kill each other, and and that's and that was really the only prayer that it had to be good, because that's what these two guys do, and it ended up. I'll tell you a good comparison. I think I thought this was a. Uh, Every bit is good, if maybe a slight notch below the Moose versus Cedric Alexander match, which was very similar at All-Star Extravaganza. Um, do you think that's a fair comparison for people who haven't seen the match? Yeah, I think so. I think this was a little bit more uh, gruesome. And, and, and But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a plunder match done right. It's a plunder match that makes sense. It's been built to that. It's not like your random big Japan match where it's like, all right, here, let's just hit each other with light tubes or whatever. Or, you know, what you would get with, with hardcore wrestling in the early 2000s where there was just no rhyme or reason to it. It was just like, we have to have a hardcore match because we have to or whatever. No, there, there was a reason this had that. And I think the Moose and Cedric were the same way too. There, it, there was no other match that these two could have at that point. Right. You know, these two couldn't go in there and have a 10-minute sort of, you do some holds, I do some holds, we'll, we'll figure it out. And just like Moose and Cedric, uh, Moose and, yeah, Moose and Cedric, they couldn't have that either. They couldn't just have a normal match. It needed, wouldn't have made sense. It, it needed to get to this level. And, and, yeah, I think that's when you can do, when you do plunder well is like this, where it was like, there, there's no going back. This is what needs to happen for us to settle this. And, and yeah, I, I think it was a, a well-justified, well-worked, just awesome, awesome, just deadly brawl, like an old-school, like, I don't even know what territory to even mention. It was it was what I've seen from Puerto Rico. It seemed very similar. And I know some people get mad because they love their Puerto Rico stuff. But you know what I mean? Like it, it had that sort of feel where it was just like this wild, insane. I, I don't know. It was this really, really elements of like a lucha brawl. A yeah. Ripping lucha brawl and a, a mid 90s garbage match. Like ECW match. Um, but again, done right. Not not like some shitty Matt Tremont CZW match, which is just shit, which like me and you can have in the backyard right now and it wouldn't be any worse, but a, 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 a hardcore match done right. And, and it was the perfect length. It didn't feel like it went on forever. And it was shocking how much I liked the match between these two men, because I would have never thought that these two guys could have ever had a match against each other that I would have liked as much as I liked this match. Pretty crazy. Um, Go see it. I mean, seriously, if, if you're here and there, like, oh, I, I swear Don't to you've heard us talk about both those guys. You've heard us talk about Mibak Tanaguchi, who, Joe, that's your least favorite guy. Azuka might be my least favorite guy in the entire world of wrestling. I hate Azuka. I see him and I, I cringe at the thought of him getting in the ring and me having to watch it. We're telling you, go watch this. Pause this right now and go watch it. I it, seriously, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Watch this whole you just show. not listen to the rest of the podcast. I don't really care. I mean, we you've done the, the, the business part is done. Now we're just going to talk about random shit in WWE. And you don't want to hear that stuff. You can stop listening right now and just watch that. If you want, you can come back if you want. We'd appreciate it, but pause it, do whatever right now. I, I, I'm dead serious right now. Look it up, find it and, and watch. I it. almost skipped it because of who was involved. 
Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I, I would have done the same. I think it came off my playlist, and I went, ah, shit. It was one of those things where I didn't catch it. Yeah. I looked over, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> these guys are wrestling. And then, like, within a minute, I was like, oh, shit, these guys are wrestling. Like, this is pretty cool. Give this a chance. Yeah, and then, it, yeah, it ended up being excellent. And, and I think that was the important part is, like, right uh, off the gates, they were like, fuck it, let's do this. Like, <laughs> we're just going to kill each other. There was other no right pre- the- It was just people no. throwing chairs into the ring to prepare the... And it was just an absolute uh, bloody wild mess. Um, Taichi defeating... Ice Harada in a junior title defense. Rich, I had this at four stars. I thought this may have been the best Taichi, Taichi singles yeah. match I've ever seen. This was the best Taichi match I've ever seen for me. I, I think at least in my in, in, of what I've seen of him, this is easily the best I've ever seen him work. Did the wrong guy win? Uh, I think it was a good time for, to have Harada win it. I, I, I do think when it was over, I was kind of deflated in, in, in Taichi winning. I thought this would have been a great, great moment for Suzuki Gun to lose that title. We, we saw, you know, not spoiling, it's, not, it's already happened, but, you know, they did lose one of the sets of titles, um, you know, in the next show that they had. But yeah, I, I thought this one, I would have liked to see Harada beat him here. I thought, I thought the story built to that pretty well, but it, it didn't kill the match for me, but it was a little deflating. I, I was kind of ready for that to happen, and it didn't. But either way, it, it didn't take anything away from this. This is legitimately the best I've ever seen Taichi, and, and I love the, 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 the tearaway pants thing. And he's been doing that gimmick for a little while, but like when he, I, it, he, he's just gotten it such, so down. You know what I mean? Like He's a guy that now if he comes back to New Japan, I won't care. He's a guy I actively hated when he was in New Japan before. But he's gotten so much better, and he, he's he's honed that character just so much more. And yeah, I, I I was all in on this match. I loved it. I thought the story of the match. I felt like the wrong guy won. Um, I was <laughs> rooting for Harada, and I thought the way the match was built that her should have won. But then a week later, and Kotoge and Harada. Okay, so they win tag league, and then they win the tag titles from yes. Desperado and Taka. Then I'm like, are fine because if the plan was for these guys to win the tag titles I can see why he lost to Taichi here and it means they almost did too good of a job setting up Harada within the story of that match for the win because then he ultimately ended up losing the finish did leave me flat in real time but yeah. then when I saw where the booking went I'm okay with it now in hindsight um, in, in terms of the match I may have rated the match higher had Harada won because I really felt like he was going to win while I was watching it um, it had a great story. The crowd was ready for it, too. You could sense the absolutely. crowd was just uh, waiting, and they would have exploded if he won there. Yeah. But, yeah, the best Taichi singles match I've ever seen. I don't want to go as far. He's had some really good tag matches uh, once or twice a year. He comes out of nowhere. But at minimum, it's the best singles match I've ever seen him mm-hmm. have. I don't think without I'm willing to say it's his best ever. I'm willing to say it's his best ever. I, th- I, I thought feel was... like they had a tag match that we really liked that we're forgetting about earlier this year in Noah, but I can't remember. Uh, it yeah. may have been on Either that. Way. Either way. Kurik and Hall show, the Minoru Suzuki mm-hmm. produce show. I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, so great match. Um, and then we had Killer Elite Squad defending against War Machine. Now, this was set up when War Machine beat Killer Elite Squad on the ROH Ballpark Brawl show, um, which really, you know, I know I keep bragging about that. now, that, But that show, I mean, it set up so many things for like a million different companies even on that show. It set up the Watanabe TV title challenge. It set up War Machine going to Noah and challenging the Killer Elite Squad for the GHC tag titles. And, uh, you know, you had the Roderick Strong Okada match. I mean, that was a significant show, and it was a great show. Uh, But anyway, look, they went out there, and they had the same three-and-a-half star, solid as fuck, Killer Elite Squad match that they always have. Mm-hmm. These guys never let you down. They always go out there and they give you that three and a half, three and three quarter star effort. But the thing is, Rich, are they ever going to give us 
the four, four and a quarter, four and a half star. I don't think so. Are, are you ever going to get that? Because it feels like they're always so close. And this one mm-hmm. was so close. But again, it was right there. They give you that same high quality match every time. But will Killer Elite Squad ever break through and give you the great match? I don't know. It might, it might, it might take a, a different set of opponents. Maybe it takes, you know, not a Tenkoji or not a, there might be a team that we don't quite know yet that they ha- they're capable of doing it against, but yeah, it seems like they're, they ha- sort of have that ceiling and they can't get by it. But this, this is awesome too. I, I, this is definitely, I mean, we're going to tell you to watch all pretty much all these matches and in, in this entire show, but this is one that you can kind of assume with killer elite squad and war machine. It is what you kind of thought it was. It was grunty. It was loud. It was hairy. It was sweaty. You know what I mean? Like it was just these Big bulls just running into each other and, and, and brawling. And, and there, there was a decent amount of, uh, of stuff from the top rope, too, because these guys are, are, are athletic dudes, too. So it, it, I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're capable of that, like, all-time great, you know, four and a quarter, four and a half star uh, tag match. I, I, I just don't know if we're ever going to get it from them. And I guess that's not a big deal. But, yeah, you sort of – the, the frustrating part is, like you said, that they're so close to doing it that it's like, ah, man, it, 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 might, it might take another set of opponents. I don't know who that is, though. Is Killer, is Killer Elite Squad the most consistent – major league tag team in wrestling consistent major league tag team so they never have a bad match either no nothing's really bad um man that's tough off the top of my head there i mean they're they're there they're contenders for sure I, i'm trying to go through every tag team in my head uh, maybe like i don't know like a red dragon i don't think i've seen a bad match they're them. pretty consistent and and at yeah. a and a slightly higher level yeah, I, I'd probably say Red Dragon would probably be my first pick, and that's just right off the top of my head. I'd probably, if I took some time to really think about it, I'd, I'd probably have someone else. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're, Red, they're right Red there. Red Dragon in a big spot in a big title match, they sort of their floor is about four stars. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks. I mean, I really haven't seen a bad Bucks match. That's true. That, and, it's been about two years since I've seen. And you want to talk about a higher ceiling there too? I yeah, mean, their floor is a lot higher too. So yeah, probably those two. But they really, I mean, they're right in the conversation though. I mean, they, they are super. They consistent. go out there I mean, and give you three I, and a half stars every time, right. no matter who. This is about two and a half years now that they've had just pretty much every single time out. Good stuff. Yeah, no matter any times. And you know, it's really a shame that uh, Shane Haste blew out his knee because I really thought the early matches that they had with that team were sort of designed for Killer Elite Squad to be dominant. And they never really had a match layout, which was give and take. And I really think that might be the opponent where they could have finally have their that's, Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. So we'll see if when those guys come back, if they're not in Orlando when they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, is that where the Performance Center is? It's in Orlando. Uh, Winter Park, Winter Park, Florida. I think it's a suburb of Orlando. So, so if they're not in NXT at that point, uh, and and they do have that blow off match, but the thing is, do you put the can you put the titles back on a team who you know? Hey, we, 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 we don't know if WWE is still interested now that he's blown out now that Hayes blew out his knee. So who knows? All the word was at the time that they were very interested in uh, in Hayes and Nichols, but I guess we'll find out when he comes back from his knee injury. Main event: Minoru Suzuki, Takashi Sagara. <laughs> Go ahead. Floor is yours. You yeah, I mean, people people are giving it five stars, and I, I didn't go that high, but, I mean, you can make a legit case. I mean, if you if you said four stars, I or, or five stars, rather, I would not argue with you. I think this was just incredible. I mean, it's exactly what we've said. I mean, we've been screaming, and I've been screaming about it, of what I want from these Minoru Suzuki-Noah matches are these guys come in there. They understand that these guys are invaders. They're taking over the company. They're annoying as shit. They kind of set the rules. I mean, this is another one where he sort of, uh, Suzuki wanted to set, you know, parameters and rules or whatever. And Segura just kind of said, nah, this is my fucking company. I've been here longer than you. I'm the man. Just, it was a fucking fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, Segura was just 
blow for blow with him. It wasn't a, you know, let's rest hold, let's do this. It was just, and, and there was a sequence where they were just slapping the shit out of each other. And it was like, it was almost disturbing of how good these slaps were. It was just like unbelievable amount of, and, and you felt it. You felt like Segura was legitimately pissed at Suzuki and wanted this guy out of his goddamn company and wanted to win this title. And that's, I haven't gotten that. Like Marifuji would, you know, dance around him and, and, and try to work his way to the match. You know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to try to outsmart you and out this. Segura said, no, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you and, and take your title. And, you know, obviously it didn't happen and there was, you know, a little bit of interference as well, but I thought the interference, everything that was interfered in this match, it made sense. It was like Suzuki knew their back was against the wall from this guy and said, fuck, we need to do something. We, we can't lose this match. And, and that's when interference is that way, it works. It, when it's just mindless, you know, we talk about some of this bullet club stuff where it's just guys get in this, this was like desperation interference and, and I enjoyed it, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. I, I, I really, really thought this was incredible. And yeah, I went like, I think four and a quarter, four and a half. Um, it was a big snub in our match in the month. And that was mostly because of when it dropped, it dropped right at the end of the month. Not many people had seen it at that point. I'm, I'm of the mind that I think we should put it on this next month. Because I think legitimately if people watch this and, and, and voted, I think it's going to be right up there. It might not win, but I think it's going to be in that top three. And I, I also want people to watch it. If you haven't seen it, just absolutely go and watch this. I think it was, for me, one of the best Suzuki matches I've seen in Noah thus far. And Segura, one of his best matches I've ever seen of him. I, I, I love it. I couldn't say much more good about it. I mean, it may have won the match of the month if it was in it, right? I mean, what ended up winning? Yeah, uh, it was Goto Nakamura. I thought it was a better match is- than that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was a victim of circumstance, unfortunately. So I, I think I am going to make an executive decision and put it in this next month, if anything, just so people watch it. People that might not have seen it or, or might not seek out Noah or, or you know, whatever. It, it needs to be seen. It, it is, I think, the definitive Noah match of the year for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it may win next month, too. I mean, it'll have yeah. to beat uh, Sasha and Bailey, correct? Was that yeah, in October? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, that was last week. you know, and I don't think that it will. Um, but I mean, I liked it better than Sasha and Bailey. I liked it better than the 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 Iron Man Sasha Bailey. Anyway, the Brooklyn one that's close, but I like this better than the than the last Sasha versus Bailey match. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. This was exactly the kind of match that I wanted these guys to have. I wanted them to go in there and beat the living shit out of each other, and that's what they did. A lot of people don't like uh, Segura. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 